The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. We rolling? Hey, we're up. Yeah. Doing a little podcast. Oh, what a great fucking night last night. Fuck was. yeah, it was. Dude, I, I'm telling you, I woke up bubbling. Yeah, I felt so good. And last night was my first uh, time in a managerial position. <laughs> like, I just yeah. came to hang out, make sure everything ran smooth for your show. It was wild. Like, to be at my own club where one of my best friends is headlining. And all my other friends are opening for him. I'm right. like, this is amazing. It was a pretty fucking sick lineup. I'm, I'm like, this is what's <sighs> crazy. Incredible. For if you said this ten years ago in Austin, Texas, the lineup that was on last night was insane. We've been doing that a lot, though. That's what's crazy. Like every these Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows that we've been doing out here, they're just stacked, dude. And then and then uh, let's just say highlight of my career. They're telling, they're <laughs> chanting the machine. And I go, I'm not going to tell it. And they they start cheering it. And I go, all right, I'll tell it if Ron White tells his tater salad story. And then he and, comes on and the they, stage. people didn't even know he was up there. Yes. They go fucking crazy. <laughs> he walks on stage. I FaceTime Leanne. I FaceTime Leanne, who's like Ron's her favorite comic. Guy in the front row is recording Tom telling tater or shooting Leanne watching it. Yeah. Leanne's watching. It was amazing. I mean, I'll tell you right now. It was so it's, fun. It'll show you how quick there are holes in your act. Because then I was like, I don't think I can tell the machine right after that. I know you were talking about that, but no, the machine's an amazing story. It's an amazing story. It's just, it's you're just self examining I could, I could have, I could have sat and broken down what I love about that story for the next fifteen minutes. I, I could have talked about that story. Yeah. No, you it's, said that on stage. I, I believe it. Yeah, Ron's one of the best storytellers of all time. Of Having all him times. out here is it's amazing because he's like he's such a like a he's like a, the statesman of comedy, you yeah. know, out here, and he's so respected. It's just and he's such a good person. He almost made me such cry a last good night. Guy. At the end of the night, I'm pretty loaded, and he comes up and he was like, uh, he was like, "Thanks for bringing that. Was really fun." And and he goes, "I just came out to watch you tonight." And I was like, "What?" He was like, "Yeah, I came out to watch you. I, I'm a fan." And I was like. Bro, you can't say that. Like, I, that I fucking killed me. I was like, "You're that's if there's careers that I've looked at and wanted to emulate, it's him, Atel. You know, those guys are the fucking my goats. You know, for sure. I mean, um, everybody loves Ron. Like, I, I've never met a comic who doesn't think Ron White is funny. Yeah, they don't exist. You know. Well, yeah, I don't. I mean, I remember Leanne. <laughs> Leanne's a redneck, and when the blue collar comedy tour came out, on <laughs> and she, we went and watched it in Hollywood at the ArcLight. Oh, wow. And she was fucking... Leanne likes two things. <laughs> blue, that blue-collar comedy and fucking Steve Harvey. <laughs> if she's going to cheat on me, she's going to fuck Steve Harvey. I can guarantee you. She sends me clips of Steve Harvey every morning. There's a clip. That's hilarious. For the movie, when the movie's coming out, uh, uh, they asked us to do Family Feud. Oh, wow. <laughs> And now Leanne has never pushed our girls into anything, but she said, I like Grace Christ, you're doing Family Feud. Oh, I don't give a hilarious. fuck what you say. Does, does Steve Harvey know this? That no, your st- wife has a crush on oh, him? Oh, she has no idea. <laughs> Have you ever see, seen Steve Harvey eat? Someone made like collard green uh, uh, dumplings or something, and he goes, takes a bite, and he freezes, and he goes, now I'm having a black people moment right now. Uh, He's the fucking greatest. Leanne's obsessed with him. That's funny. But she, Those, that, isn't it funny that no one has done like a movie tour like that since? You know, they had Kings of Comedy, Blue Collar Tour, and then nothing. No. Like those were so successful. The four people tour is the key. I do fully loaded. We bring eight uh, for fully loaded. 
and like per show, and we mix it, we switch it up. Have you heard of the lineup this year? No. Lewis Black, David Tell, uh, Chad Daniels, Shane Gillis, Mark Norman, Big J Okerson, Dan Soder, Fortune Feimster, Tammy Pescatelli. All on one show? No, no. We split. Oh. Stavros is on it. Oh wow. We got a fucking sick lineup. It's fucking. Look wow, at this. Look at this. That's fucking amazing. Tiffany Haddish. That's amazing. Jim Norton. That's amazing. Jay Farrow. Rosebud. Ralph Barbosa. Dude. That's amazing. Yeah, this fucking lineup is. I just found out about Ralph Barbosa. He's a funny dude. He's real funny. I just I watched some of his clips, and then I found out that there was some sort of a thing with George Lopez. <laughs> And then so I had a, the little bitch in me started watching some. <laughs> I watched it all too. <laughs> fucking beef with George Lopez and Ralph Barbosa. That shit makes me sad. I don't like that st- stupid shit like that. I don't like beef. I don't, I don't like nonsense beef. Like that—that's the dumbest kind of beef. Like some young guy coming up beef. Like you don't like. I think it's just a misunderstanding, and I think Lopez called him up and. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. I guess they talked on the phone or something like that. It's hilarious that I know about this. Silly comedy beef, but dude, he's funny. Anyway, Barbosa's a funny yeah, dude. Got a funny uh, laid back style. I think it's just generational. You're talking about like, I think George Lopez is like even older than Ralph's parents probably, and so it's just two different styles of of what you would say Mexican comedy is. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's just that George didn't know who he was. Oh really? And, yeah, like Steve Trevino was on a show and George had brought him up. George brought Barbosa up, and he's like, "Who the fuck is that guy? You keep bringing him up. Nobody knows who that dude is." Oh really? Yeah, I just saw the I just saw Schultz saying right. someone went up to Barbosa and he was like, "Ah, fuck George Lopez." <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was. I think it, it came from him saying something on a podcast. But I think he was just annoyed with Trevino bringing him the, the dude's name up over and over again for whatever reason. I don't know. He's funny as shit. Yeah, he's funny. He's as funny shit. as fucking shit. Yeah, it's, you know. That's a, the, the nothing bothers me more than like and I don't think that's what he was doing. I think it was just like, who is that guy? Like, I don't know who that guy is. Yeah. I don't think it was like, a, I I don't like that guy. I think he just genuinely didn't know who he was. But I th- nothing bothers me more than like those old dudes that don't like the young guys coming up. They don't like the fact that young guys are coming up. Because I remember being in that young guy position. I'm like, ah, oh, you old cunt. <laughs> like, you fucking dummy. Like, I'm never going to be like you one day. One day, like, if I get to your position, I'm going to be very welcoming for the young people. Yeah. It's so stupid. Like, but it's like a closed door once you go through it. That's it. Nobody else in. No more funny. No more comedians. No one else is famous. Just me. Forever and ever and ever. It was like that. It was like that back then, too. Stingy cunts. Yeah. Got that fucking weird thing that people have where they just want to be the only one that gets the attention. It's so strange, man. It's so strange. The, like the the fucking fierce jealousy that some people have when other people start to make it, yeah, it's so dumb. You didn't you didn't have that. I think that's I think you you blessed us with not having it. So you look at like Mark Norman and Shane Gillis. I take them when I do like Red Rocks or I do big big venues. I'll hit them up to see if they want to do it with me. Trust me, tr- trust me when I say they're like we did uh, we did the Super Bowl. We did four shows at the Mullet Arena. Four shows. That's how that's how big those guys are getting. I love that you went to the mullet arena. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you not bring Theo with you? <laughs> you know, he was in town that week. I hit him up. Yeah, I hit him up and he was like, I think I lose my powers when I walk in there. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something he would say. Oh, he wants to move out here. Does he? He does yeah. he's like a fucking vagabond. He he's, but he's gotta have a tribe. You know, a lot of these guys, they like 
they didn't understand what was anchoring them in L.A. And one of the things that was anchoring them in L.A. was that we had a tribe. Yeah. We would all get together at the store. We'd all hang out in that back bar. We'd all have fun together. We'd all laugh and joke and fuck around. And then we'd see each other's sets and we'd talk to each other about comedy and shit. You know, Theo's, he's out alone now in Nashville. You know? What's he doing in Nashville? He just decided he, he had to get the fuck out of L.A. for his mental health. And so he wanted to be like a more laid back place. And Man, Nashville clicked with him. He is all over my algorithm. Is he? He shows up and it's, it's gay dudes, boat crashes, and Theo. <laughs> With me, it's girls with giant asses doing squats. It's all like CrossFit ladies Dude. with six packs. Uh, those girls, those girls will inspire me to work yeah, out. Yeah, there's something about like. a fucking jack chick with big thighs. Yeah, that's what I like. My God, I like a gal who can help you move a couch. That's what I like. I like I'm sturdy. There's a there's my wife a... does not like it when I say that. By oh, the way, for real, <laughs> just like when I call her sturdy. <laughs> but she's strong. She's strong. I like I like strong women. I like it. It's, I, I don't like, uh, you know, I I just don't think that, the, like the 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 weak like wafy sort of like some people are into that weak yeah. sort of wafy looking thing. Like that doesn't make any sense. To no, me. I like I like an older woman too now. Yeah, I, I can imagine dating a girl who's twenty now. Uh. Like what? What are you talking about? Like when I see Leonardo DiCaprio going on a nineteen year old, I'm like bro, what do you talk about? Yeah, what, I mean... What do you talk about? Unless it's, she's the most genius, brilliant, world-traveled, nuanced... Dude, my assistant's 25, and I'll say things to him, and he'll go, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like, you can reference a movie, like Ace Ventura, and he's like, ah, yeah, what, what right. is that? Jim Carrey, who's, I don't know who that is. Well, Jim Norton was on stage last night, and he had a Three Stooges reference, and no one laughed. I'm <laughs> like, Jim, you're 55. <laughs> Like, these people do not know who the fuck Three Stooges is. Why don't you just say Laurel and Hardy? Yeah. Like, go even deeper into the old school comedy people. Yeah, I, I, couldn't live in that, I couldn't live that life where you couldn't make references to the things you grew up on. Well, you, know? you can. You know, it's like, like Dennis Miller always used to have references that nobody knew what the fuck he was saying. But and we had always, to catch up. Yeah, but we, I don't, like, there, it seems like the gap of, of experience and what we know is, has, has gotten so closer where it wasn't that way that my mind I feel like my dad and I still knew all the same references whereas my daughter and I do not they don't know anything that I've ever lived or experienced and then they'll say things to me like have you ever heard of the band tool and I'm like are you being fucking serious are you being serious I buy the guy's fucking wine you kidding me and then like the other day Isla said to me uh uh you, you ever heard of Alice in Chains and I'm like yeah, that was like what I went to college to. But I, but I knew Creedence Clearwater Revival. I knew the Shawnanas. I knew all the stuff my dad listened to. I knew Sam Cooke. I knew those yeah. songs. My daughters have no fucking clue of any of that. But you also have to think about just the landscape of information that's available to them as opposed to what it was for you. When you were growing up, the stuff that you got was off the radio or off television. Like, mm -hmm. that's it. So you heard it, either you heard it at a place, or you listened to it on a radio, or you bought a CD. With these kids, they're getting inundated constantly. And they're also getting songs that are like snippets off of reels on Instagram or those little TikTok videos. So you're getting, what's that song? And then you find the song and then you listen to it. So yeah. just the landscape of shit that's available to them is so goddamn different. 
Like, so it's how could they pay attention to all of it? How could they look at the old stuff? It's like the, the just the stuff that's available. And by the way, for them, shit from 2010 is old. Oh, you know yeah. how crazy that is? Yeah. When I was in high school, okay. What year were you in high school? 1981 was my freshman year in high school. And my freshman year in high school, I remember there was a guy in my neighborhood um, that had a 1955 Chevy. It was this fucking awesome car. This awesome 55 black Chevy that was like in mint condition. And I remember thinking, wow, that car is so fucking old. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Yeah. But that car was only 15 years old. Wow. That's oh, wow. what's crazy. Yeah. That's what's crazy. If you if you think now about it, like a 15-year-old car, like I have a 15-year-old car. I have a 2007 Porsche. I love that car. I drive yeah. it all the time. But that car's old as fuck, man. <laughs> like in that world, like to kids when I was in high school, that like a, a 55 Chevy was like this old classic. Well, that's what my car is. Like the the that's timeline, crazy. The timelines are weird now. Because now you look at like my favorite car is a '72 El Dorado, the convertible Cadillac, and that's fucking fifty. By the years way, old. I, I'm off by ten years. It's a 25 year old car. 25, yeah. Uh, what, yeah. What I'm thinking about is uh, that, and um, my mom had a 1970 Barracuda. This is where I'm fucking it up in my head. My mom had a 1970 Barracuda when I was in high school, and all my friends were in love, in love with it. They were like, oh my God. They would see my mom's car. It's your mom's car. This is insane. Because a 1971 Barracuda was uh, like, it had like these grill, the front grill looked like a fish, like almost like gills. Like, look at that car. God damn. My mom had one car. of those. Jesus. In 1981. So I was a freshman in high school, and my mom had had it for quite a while. But, like, that car in 1981 was only 10 years old. It was only 10 years old. So that's a 2013 car. A 2013 car is indistinguishable. Yeah. From a 2023 car, like if you see a, a 2013 oh, yeah, that, yeah. Lexus, like they're the same. But that to, to, to everybody back there, look at that, look at that, look at that fucking Cadillac. car, look oh, at God. that fucking car. What a car! I tried to buy one of those, and uh, oh my God, you need one of those. I, I want one so bad. I was you gonna... should get one of those and get it done so it's got modern brakes and shit and modern engine. That's yeah. that should be a project that you get behind. A Burt Kreischer 1972 Cadillac convertible. Let's go. I was going to buy one and use it, because this is the way my brain works, use it to promote my special. So if we just put Razzle Dazzle mm. all over the side of it, <laughs> drive it around L.A., that's so, the way my brain works. So so just think about like the difference in timelines, like how, how different it is to like look at a 1971 car and then look at, at that in 1981, and it was already a classic. And, you know, this 2023 year we're living in, you know, if you look at things from 2000, like they don't seem that long ago. But what's now? Here's it's my question. We, it's weird. Technology from like a 19, say a, a 1961 car to a 1971 car. If I'm not mistaken, the 71 car starts having automatic windows and a and a and an automatic trunk that goes that locks mm. down. The technology from those cars is exponentially bigger. And and you look at the the car you have, your Porsche, compared to where they are today. How how different is? I mean, I guess they're fucking electric now. 
Well, yeah, but no, the, even the, the gas ones, the internal combustion engines, they have better electronics, they have better uh, suspension management systems, they have better traction control. <clears throat> they do a lot of different things now. Yeah. Like cars are, and also they have like warnings to let you know when cars are close and shit. There's, cars are pretty fucking incredible now. Yeah. They're almost too incredible because they're, they're so fast. Like a regular car, like that, like my mom's car from 1970, that was slow as fuck, dude. Really? Slow as fuck. In comparison to a modern car, yeah. like if you get a, like a regular modern day uh, Honda Accord, it would bury my mom's car. Really? Yeah, a little four-cylinder piece of shit. <laughs> bury it. Yeah, those cars are not fast. They're just, they were fast for the time. You know, and yeah. then as time goes on, and now you're living in this weird world where you have, uh, like, the brand new Hummer, which is an electric Hummer, which is this giant SUV that GMC makes that goes zero to 60 in, like, three seconds. Like, that kind of performance was unheard of in cars. No, but how come that doesn't uh, translate over to F1 and NASCAR? Why are NASCAR still you? What? I mean... Will there be a, a NASCAR electric series at one point? It would be wild if it was, but they would lose all that sound. I think that's part of the thing that people like. Wow, wow. Can you imagine going to it? Tom and I went to the Daytona 500, and uh, it, it, it. can you imagine it being silent? All you would hear is the chatter of the fans. That would be so Just fucking creepy. Dumb conversations. It's like, have you ever seen How I Met Your Mother without the laugh track on? No, but I have seen Big Bang Theory. Oh, that's that's, 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 that's yeah. one. That's the one I meant. It's rough. <laughs> it's, it's rough. People would get bummed out. I think NASCAR is like uh, it's an American tradition that's oh. based on moonshine runners. Yeah. So it's like fun. Like it's fuck. And like you go to NASCAR, you want to hear the bah. Like if it was electric, it would seem like it's over. It are the like F one cars? Over. Are the F one cars loud? Yeah, they're loud as fuck. Yeah, they're loud as fuck. I mean, but comparatively speaking, because I know my sister has a, a le, uh, what's the Tesla? Tesla. 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 Yeah. And uh, those things, I mean, that's like Silent. scary fast. Yeah, like, ridiculously fast. It's it's not even comparative to any of the cars that I've dr ever driven in. And I've driven in a lot of fast. I've drove Lamborghinis and, and Ferraris and the Gullwing. Yeah. But no, I, it's the fastest car I own. Yeah, yeah. I, have a, I own a Tesla, the Plaid one. It's the fastest car I own. I own a lot of fast cars, like Porsches and s sports cars and old muscle cars. The Tesla buries them all. God. Yeah, and they're getting faster. That's what's crazy. Right now, they go zero to sixty in two seconds, but the the, the, the new ones are going to be even faster than that. The the little Speedster thing they have. What do they call it? What do they call the little one? Roadster, the little Roadster thing is like, I believe it's 1.9 seconds, 0 to 60, which is so crazy. That's, That's so fast. I told my dad not even to drive it. He was in L.A. last week, and he goes, I need a car. I go, don't get in Cotty's car. You're going to fucking kill yourself. Yeah, but the thing is, you can drive slow in it. It's, it's very easy to drive calm, whereas like if you're in a really fast muscle car, like those are kind of hard to drive slow because they have like... I don't know what what it is, but it's there's less uh, sensitivity in the, in the acceleration. Those cars are very easy to go light with. It's I've very never, easy I've to never drive around an electric light. car. Oh, they're so nice. I mean, I mean, if, unless I get that Porsche <clears throat> that's electric, I, I don't have any. Yeah, th no, a good friend of mine has one of those. That's the shit. Yeah, that thing is the shit. It's amazing. Yeah, I like. Amazing. I like. I want my car. I want my car to feel like a big cock. Well, like just like. I want it to. I want people to see it and go. Oh, that's nice. Big fat veiny cock. Big. Not even need to be veiny. Just a b bigger shiny, than average. Shiny cock. 
Shiny cocks. Right? Yeah, yeah, polished, well cared for cock. <laughs> right? Waxed. Nice, when, nice like, wheels. Nice shiny and thick wheels. when it's soft. Yeah. yeah. Thick and soft. Chocolate interior. Yeah, some kind of ooh, chocolate. That's a bold move, right? Chocolate interior. That's my that's my car. I have. I don't know. I don't know the type yeah. it is, but it's a Mercedes. Yeah. I got it because of the interior. Fuck. Yeah. You sitting there? I can smoke a cigar in there. Like that's what I saw the other day. Um, I was at the car dealership and they had uh, electric Mercedes. I haven't seen the electric Mercedes up close. <clears throat> They're doing like an S series. It's just really? like a yeah. By the way, we, money might be fake now. Money might be falling apart, right? Oh how yeah. Many, that's... How many banks have collapsed now? Wait, that's happening today? I don't know. I was trying to follow up. How many banks have collapsed? It's at least two, correct? It was at least two. It might have been three. And I don't know what happened today with the... I was on a plane with the guy who was talking about this yesterday. Yeah. So, it's, so the Silicon Valley one collapsed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so a bunch of Silicon Valley... Yeah. This is like 2008 all over again. I don't know. See, this is part of the problem with being financially ignorant, which is I am. I don't know. And also being friends with Alex Jones, which I am, which is fuck so I get a fucking I get a, all these videos about the fucking storm. Perfect, prepare yourself to the end of the world. I'm like, oh no, Alex, why are you freaking me out? Yeah. I uh yeah, I, I saw I was on a plane next to a guy yesterday and said that today's a, a big day, that it's it's coming down where the, everyone's gonna f- fucking doubt if the fucking thing collapses or if we get bailed out. Well, apparently there was a big uh, run on the banks today, too. And people were showing up at the banks trying to withdraw money, which scares the fuck out of people when that kind of stuff happens. That's how Hitler became fucking prime minister or whatever dictator. Is he fucking... I've been watching this thing, How to how to Make a Dictator, on uh, Netflix. Have you seen it? It's, oh, it's fucking awesome. I'm so obsessed with history podcasts and history dictators and whatnot. Do you know who Turkmen Bashi is? No. Are you, f- Joe? This is the most fascinating fucking guy in history, right? So Turkmenistan, I think, is the name of the country, was part of the USSR, and when the USSR collapsed, he got it. This this guy who was just a premier and worked, you know, uh, he got the whole country, and he went around and changed rules like fucking crazy. He was a, a dictator, but he was like, he added months so that he didn't get old faster. <laughs> He, I mean, he changed the names of the months. I mean, he was a fucking lunatic. He's, oh my he said, God. you know what? He goes, you know what? Here's the problem. People, are, Old people are losing their teeth because they're not eating enough bones. And they're like, bones? Right. He goes, you ever see a dog with missing teeth? No, because they eat bones. So everyone needs to start eating bones. Does that guy make sense? Oh, my God. Turk Mimbashi. It's, I, I, I have this podcast <laughs> that I listen to. It's called The Dictators. And it is one of the most... That is That one podcast is the most fascinating... Dick, but I get I'm obsessed, man. I listen to Hitler, Stalin. Somebody was this. talking about the How to Make a Dictator um, documentary on Netflix the other day. Was it? I think it was on the podcast. It might have just been a conversation I was having. Was it on the podcast? Who was it? Do you remember? But they were saying like you might, you're you're literally like putting up a a guidebook on how to become a dictator. Like it's, people could watch it and figure out how it's done and then replicate it. It's identical, by the way, to how how to get famous. <laughs> I mean, it's the fucking exact same thing. <laughs> You'd be shocked. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be shocked, though. <laughs> right? Because a lot of famous people become like dictators. It was the Stefano, that's what I thought. Yeah, the Stefano. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, he's, yeah. he's a history guy. Oh, he's a real guy. history nut. Like, yeah. he's a history guy. We used to do history hyenas with Giannis. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, history is fascinating when you think that it'll never repeat itself again. You know, like, oh, that'll oh. never happen again. Like, I used to think that about war. Oh, we're done with that. 
you know, and now look. Dude. And the, the bank thing is fucking... So what is exactly happening? Is this something we need to be concerned about? They, I watched the news yesterday to find out, and the news said no. Do not worry. Oh, well, then I'm worried. <laughs> now I, I'm fucking worried because they've been wrong about everything. These cunts. My uncle called me on, in 2008 when uh, when the housing crisis collapsed, and he was, he was fucking terrified. My uncle's one of the smartest dudes I know, and he was like, this is going to be real bad. There was a um, house that I used to live in, and the next door to me, there was a lot that um, – this guy had bought and he was planning forever to build his dream house. It was a nice lot and had a good view. It was beautiful. And so uh, I would go out there at like, two th it was like 2009. I would go out there and there's this old guy and he would just be raking. And uh, I would see him, I'd wave to him. And then one day I just said, let me go just go talk to that dude, see what's, what's going on. Because it was, you know, are you going to build? Like what's happening? And he goes, I was going to, but I lost everything. Because that uh, the 2008 thing, I lost everything. I had plans. I had a house, and so I'm just sitting there with this dude who's probably at the time 70, 75. This is the last years of his life, and he's just raking this plot of land that was going to be the place for his dream house before the 2008 collapse. And you just realize, like, man, the real victims of all that financial malarkey, the real victims of all that fucking corruption and deregulation and all the chaos that led to so many people losing their houses and so many people losing all their money, this fucking guy just raking his thing made me so sad. Tim, Dillon, Tim Dillon did that to him. Tim Dillon. <laughs> Tim Dillon did it to many people. He's, ah! What was I going to do? Well, if it wasn't me, it would be somebody else. <laughs> they were going to blow it on pills and women anyway. <laughs> He's yeah. the best to get a call from. Yeah. And go, I love, man. If there's nothing I love more is like good comedy gossip. Yeah. And the best is Tim going, hey, can I talk to you about that, that, that? And I'm like, yeah. oh, my dick gets hard. <laughs> Let's break out the tea. <laughs> he came last night to watch. He, yeah, he was there last night. Yeah. He's the fucking best, man. It was fun last night with all the hanging, too. There's so many people hanging out. Oh, dinner was a fucking blast. Oh, yeah, it was very fun. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard the N-word said that much at a <laughs> steak Sam restaurant. Sam and Freddie Gibbs? Yeah. Oh, my. Oh yeah, by the way, it was black people saying yes, it. Yes, it was <laughs> It should be really clear. People are like, wow, you went to dinner it with Tim. It should be really yeah. clear. I mean, Freddie, there was, there Freddie was... is fucking hilarious. Freddie is very fucking funny. So Sam. She uh, was funny last night, too. We were going, we were leaving our hotel, and I was with my two people, and they and some girls were dressed up. And I, the hotel we stay at, no one ever stays at. And I said, yeah, ladies, you look, you look fantastic today. And they said, oh, thanks. I said, what are you guys in town for? Because usually it's a convention. And they're like, South By. And I went, oh, shit. I said, oh, what's the show tonight? And they go, Freddie Gibbs, he does stand-up comedy. And I was like, <laughs> cool. He calls it, Freddie calls it cocaine comedy. Yeah. That's the name of his show. And they're like, what show are you seeing? And I said, oh, I'm going to the Comedy Mothership. They go, what's that? And I go, it's a comedy club. And they go, who's there? I was like, nobody. And so I got in the car, and then they're like, who's Freddie Gibbs? I go, nobody. It's, a, it's not, I'll tell you later, it's. And then we show up to dinner, and Freddie Gibbs is there. <laughs> and Victoria goes, That's the, this is the Freddie Gibbs guy. And I was like, just shut up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's hilarious. You just don't want to explain things. I just like, nobody. I just don't want to talk. I, I get in this point where people go, tell, uh, like, Leanne will do it. Like, um, wait, tell me what's going on with this. I go, no, it's just too much. I just don't want to lose. I'm, I'm going to be winded fucking telling you the story. Yeah, and so, I get it. 
So you just don't want to yeah. catch people up. Yeah. Catching people up on things is annoying. On stupid shit too. And like I, the Ralph Barboza. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> George Lopez thing. <laughs> Catching people up on things like, what am I doing? They, when, that was funny. When we, that's exactly what happened when we booked Ralph. I got excited. I go, oh, okay, we got Ralph. Because I'm fun to watch him work, you know? And it's the thing about those young guys is they get to see me work and I get to tell, they can tell me what I'm doing wrong. Mm. Like, tell me if I'm looking, like when you start looking like an old man on stage. Yeah. And, uh, and Leanne's like, who's Ralph Barbosa? And I said, don't worry about it. <laughs> How many people do you have per show? On that? Yeah. Uh, probably eight. Wow. Eight. How much time do they do? Everyone does 15 or is, I just, Jesus. I told everyone just to murder, just murder. So you have eight people plus you? Plus me. Jesus. Yeah, I have to fucking close it. So it's two hours before you even get on stage? We have an intermission. That's a long ass show. Yeah, have you seen the places we're performing this year? Yeah. We're ending at the fucking gorge. I told you. What's the gorge? Oh my God. I forget. It's oh, that's like, that underground cavernous? No, 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 no. It's an outdoor in Washington stage. Right. In, and it overlooks the like a huge gorge. It's gorgeous. It's fucking beautiful. Look at that. Oh wow. Yeah, that's where we're closing fully loaded this year. That looks like where someone would give a speech to start a new civilization post apocalypse. It does. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's like we can rise together from the ashes of mankind and build our own utopia. Yeah. Okay, come out to the gorge and you can give that speech, Joe. <laughs> How many people is that seat? A lot. That looks like 100,000 people. Uh, I think it's 76. Jesus Christ, dude. That's a big-ass show. I think it is. But we just didn't, we're just going to do the infield, I'm sure. I mean, Shut the fuck up. Fill that bitch. Let's the, go. Uh, I Let's told you. I texted you and Tom. Go. I have a private jet Let's waiting for you. Fly out. Fly you back. Let's fucking go. The hang is the best part. Getting I'm on the sure. bus and partying with everyone. And uh, like just Big J is the last time the last time we went Big J had us laughing so hard so we have a party bus and then we all have our own buses that we sleep in so we all get on you the all road sleep in individual buses uh, in yeah we have a girls bus and a boys bus and so and then we have a party bus so we all get in the party bus start driving we caravan and then when we all are pretty fucked up we call ahead they pull all the buses aside we all get in our buses and go to bed. Big J had us, I couldn't even tell you why we were laughing so hard on the bus. We were laughing so hard we had to pull over and and get in our buses. We're like, we're done, we're done. And Big J, right before we're about to go to bed, he goes, one more thing. I go, what? And he goes, have you seen Jurassic Park? And I'm like, Jay, don't start. <laughs> he goes, are we, just, are we just conceded that there's dinosaurs now? <laughs> and I'm crying again. It's the funnest fucking hang. Dude, to come. Yeah. <clears throat> Sounds like a good time. I hope you enjoy yourself. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of travel. It's a lot of travel. Yeah, you're a lot of uh, away from everybody, and you're on buses all the time. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you do that tour thing where you go out for long stretches of time. I don't do that. Yeah. I don't like it. How come? Uh, I don't like being away from my family. I don't like uh, being away from home. I have uh, obligations. I like to keep like a steady schedule. It keeps my mental health in, in line. Yeah. Because the thing about traveling, you get disjointed and disconnected and uprooted. It's something good about that because it allows you to reset and just think about things and out of the pattern of your life. 
but also sometimes the pattern of your life is how you create like a balance if you have a good pattern. I have zero balance. Yeah. I have zero balance. So you like the chaos of the road. I like chaos. I like the, I love, I mean, first of all, it starts with I love stand-up. Yeah. I love doing stand-up. I love it more than anything. Last night was the funnest night of my life because it was all new material. And I was like, I really have, I have a new hour. Now I just got, I have the, I have the ingredients. I got to figure out how to yeah. put it together. I yeah. need a couple of tense pull stories. But for me, I'm always working to a special. So like I, when I started this, this tour, this special that's airing right now, this material started in January, 2020. Mm. And so, and then I did the drive-in movie theater tour. I mean, I couldn't sit at home during the pandemic. I was like, I got to come up with something. Right. And so I, I started doing this material in those drive-in movie theaters. Didn't you get that idea from Eliza Schlesinger? She was, she was the originator. <laughs> 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 Fucking Eliza. The best about that clip is that you go, oh, he was doing it in June. And she goes, that's, wow, that's really early. <laughs> that's not safe. Like, all of a sudden, that's not safe. safe. Pass me that whiskey, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she. How uh, funny is that? She invited me to her 40th birthday. I think she had a rave, and I was like, "Whoa, she's raving!" I think, I think she had a rave. I don't know. The, uh, but so, I, but and then once I get material going, I'm like, "Let's get on the road. Let's fucking get this shit good." Yeah. And then once I get ready for a special, once I know I have a date on a special. I mean, I'm so obsessive compulsive. You know, for I think people look at me and they think I'm a moron because I take my shirt off and I drink a lot. But I'm so, I'm so fucking over obsessive compulsive about stand up that like as soon as, as soon as I knew I had the the shoot date, cause I, I mean, I pick out my date based on when I set my tour. So I want it to be a place I've never performed that material. I wanted to know a place I can move at least twelve thousand tickets because I, w- I want to do a bunch of shows. And I, I mean, two months out, I'm on, I'm on that bus. I'm doing stand-up every single night. Every single night, as many times as I can get on stage, and I'm, I'm moving the material around. I want, it to be, I want it to be perfect. I could never do what Chris Rock did with the live shit. I would be fucking dead in the water. The live one's an interesting choice because Louis did a similar thing. Louis did it live on his website, and then he's going to release a full edited version of the set. And then I guess that's exactly what Chris is doing. He released it in the full edit. The shit about Will Smith was ruthless. Yeah. Ruthless. It's just like, imagine, you know, in life you play chess. You move pieces around. You say, I do this, and the counter would be that. And like, imagine the thought, like, I'm just going to slap Chris Rock one of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time. It's not like he's going to tear my very vulnerable life apart after I smack him with some of the best comedy that anybody's ever written, and he's going to hone it over a year before he releases it. Yeah. Like, what a terrible, unprovoked attack. What a dumb thing to do. To do, to, like, be that person who's, like, publicly loved... You know, like Will Smith was until yeah. that moment. I mean, until that moment, nobody really had a bad thing to say about. Maybe he didn't like one movie, or maybe he thought the superhero movie was dumb. Or, but everybody loved that guy. I love the superhero. Everybody loved I, that guy. I loved Will. I love Will. I still love Will. But those two keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Those two are what sunk him. If he just slapped Chris Rock and then sat down and didn't say anything, people would think it was a joke. They wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. 
it would kind of drift off and people would forget about it. They would think, and they would say to Chris, was that on purpose? Did you guys plan that? Then he would have, he would have skated. But we got, I'm so, I'm not happy that it happened, but I'm happy the way it happened. Because when I was trying to explain to someone who's not involved in show business, how bizarre the, the industry is and how like, untethered those people are to either morals or ethics or the just the reality of human nature yeah they are completely connected to the the zeitgeist in terms of what's popular and what's trendy and what's accepted by our group and what's rejected by our group that no one has i mean not no one but in general the the mindset of the people in Hollywood, there's no there's very little independent thought. It's all groupthink. So when Will Smith, after smacking Chris Rock and all that other craziness, goes on stage and wins the Academy Award and gets a fucking standing ovation, that was like that's those people. That's that's this. They don't know what to do. They don't have the ability to say, hey, that's not right. I don't care if you're famous. I don't care if you just won the Oscar. You can't assault people. What you did is ridiculous. The way you're behaving is crazy. It didn't even make sense. It wasn't even proportionate to what he said. It wasn't like you you overreacted in such a strange way. I have to wonder, are you okay? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. No one did that. They all like, yes, it was amazing. They went to the Vanity Fair party. He was dancing. It was almost like it all went away until the rest of the world was like, are you out of your fucking mind? What is wrong with you? That is crazy that that it did not get it did not get acknowledged at all. And then and then I guess do you think that's a testament to the Internet? Because the Internet was like, what the fuck? Yes, it, it definitely is a testament to the Internet because the, but the Internet is just representative of most people. There's some people that thought that Chris deserved it. You know, don't talk about someone's oh, wife. Like, I, I, there's a lot of goofy people. I out had there. to set up. Uh, you you made me start a new fucking Twitter account because of something. Uh, I've been off Twitter for like uh, a year, and I had to because you sent me something about Jordan Peterson, that Chinese dick sucking <laughs> yeah. factory. And I had to I had to sign up Is for a new real? Twitter account. Do we know if that's real? I thought it was Beeple. I looked at it. I, did they delete it off of Instagram or off of uh, Twitter? So uh, Jordan tweets this thing. And it's uh, these guys are lying on hospital beds in some lab somewhere oh. with like a robot sucking their dick, and they have like COVID masks on. They're just lying on their back <laughs> with their pants off. And I, so I sent it to these guys. That did Jordan Peterson actually tweeted it? I might even have to check in on. Jordan. That was a good podcast with you and Jordan recently. Oh my god, the last one he was on fire. He was on fire. He was on fire. I don't have that brain. Well, I always want. I always want. Uh, like I always want my viral clips to be. I like because you don't get to pick what goes viral for you. Like you got badass viral clips where you're like, uh, you know, like uh, be the person, be the hero in the story you want to be. You know, my viral clips are me <laughs> laughing at fucking people falling down. Me well, laughing. I have those too. Me and Theo have a bunch of those. Theo is, Theo's great. Mine are legit. Just me laughing. Yeah. Just if if I can get if I can laugh, it goes it goes viral. There's a mm. there's a video of me and my dad putting a. Pizza in a pizza oven. Have you seen it? Yes. It's because it went viral on TikTok, and I'm like, I'm not even in the goddamn video. I'm not. Even, it's just me and him laughing, and we have, and apparently we have the exact same laugh. Because we talk, we go. Yeah, this the is the Chinese dick sucking right, robot show, thing. But it says this says it's from the UK. It says it's a fetish house or something. Oh, it's, it's from, from the China. UK. Yeah. 
But didn't it have Chinese writing it, in something? There, there is other stuff online that's trying to say this is from China. Oh. People are correcting the, the okay. saying it's from the UK. What is that one? With the, oh, the sperm bank? The Chinese sperm bank? Uh, what is... <laughs> I love the, the memes. Like, you know, go scroll down again. The meme of the lady getting her eyes washed oh. out by Clorox. <laughs> I fucking love the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the internet can fucking deliver. <laughs> but that, but that, that <laughs> meme after that video. Oh my god! So it was. So it's a UK fetish house. So it's a real video. It, it says, "I found this on WeChat." They said this is a China's collection room for sperm bank. Which, mm. That's a weird statement too. That's what it says from WeChat. That's what the person that found it on WeChat says. This is probably what the caption on the video was. Yeah. Oh, okay, but but how does it relate to the UK then? It turns out the video is from the UK. Oh, it's, so it's not it's really a fetish house, is what fetish clinic. Sorry. You imagine trusting a robot on your dick? Like, what if it breaks? I'm what not, if it I've goes wrong? It. I've done. Have it. you? Yeah, of course. Like that? No, not, not that thing. But I've had the. There's that a blowjob thing. Too that strong. Tom and I got a bunch of sex toys for two bears to try them out, and uh, the only ones we tried out were the anal. We did butt plugs, and uh, put them in your own butt. Well, we tried. It's really hard to get a butt plug in your ass. <laughs> You'd be shocked. It's, I think I think I some get a, gals would beg to differ. I I dude, I don't know how they do it. I think you got to have someone put a butt plug in your ass because I don't think you could do it yourself. Uh, it's too hard. I mean, both of us tried pretty aggressively. Uh. But but one of the things we got, <laughs> one of the things we got was a blowjob machine. It's like a it's a electronic blowjob machine. Somebody mentioned that on the podcast once, right? And the, didn't they send us some? And we're like, get the fuck out of here with this thing. We have yeah, we have something out there. Yeah. You want to try? No, we don't want to try. <laughs> I mean, bring it in. Let's see what. <laughs> just let it hang out and get to know us. <laughs> I, but that thing where the the cords hanging from the ceiling. I couldn't. Like, I couldn't have my hands tied up and have something on my dick. I guess here's the tweet that Jordan. Yeah. Had. She so called it uh, so much fun and unbelievable techno nightmare CCP hell. That's funny. What did he, what is he saying? They're all shaved. But what does he say in about? He posted something about that in the lat what you just had. This is somebody else yeah. talking about it. Oh, just ironically re unironically retweeted a video of BDSM male milking dungeon in the UK claimed to be footage of human rights abuses in China. <laughs> So someone, someone dunking on Jordan. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, uh, I couldn't go to one of those BDSM places like that. I don't think I, I. I know that I did. I was a dominatrix camp for a day, but I for a TV show. But I think I don't know if I could welcome that into my life. You know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. Yeah, don't welcome that in your life. Like, there's other shit to do. You should be on your tour bus. Yeah, not laying in a fucking hospital bed getting jerked off by a robot. But I wonder if that. I wonder if the. There we oh, go. Oh, Jesus. That's fucking hot. Is it, though? That's, I think it is. I mean, Why? If, it, if Leanne showed up in the bedroom dressed like that, I'd be like... That looks like a Mortal Kombat villain. Yeah, there's something about latex. Mm. Wow. Everybody's got their thing. Yeah. The latex thing's a weird one, right? Like, the, like there's something about, like, the leather and the zippers and the yeah. bondage and the straps. Like, what, what is that? Like... Dudes who like to get ball gagged and kicked in the nuts. Like, I, that, that I can't understand. But I do understand. I do understand. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> they pay for it. It's They're not tied enjoyable. behind their back with a fucking ball in their mouth getting kicked in the nuts. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> they're CEOs. They like that shit. I, that's it, it, right? Yeah, they're CEOs. Did I ever tell you the time when Norton and I were having dinner after a show and we were in, in Austin? 
and some lady comes up to him because she knows he's into BDSM. Yeah. So he's into dominatrices, and she comes over and tells us that she's a dominatrix. And uh, we're like, no way. So she sits down with us and, and tells us the story because she knows that Norton's into it and uh, tells us it's like mostly these very – uh, very wealthy business owners and CEOs and these like button down guys and then they what they really want to do to blow that steam off is just be really naughty they want to be naughty boys they want to be told what to do and the girl dominates them and she goes it's not even really sexual like a lot of times like sometimes they jerk off but a lot of times they don't even it's like not sexual at all. It's like they just want a woman to tell them what to do while they're naked and yell at them and make fun of them and mock them. I, I uh, once I came, I'd be like, "All right, the game's over. Untie me. Untie me. I'm fucking going. I got to get an Uber out of here. I'm I'm embarrassed of who I am. When I did it, the they did everything to me. The electric shocked my balls. Oh. They put ten pound weights on my balls. Like they put a oh my God. like a cock ring ball thing, and then then hold them down. Ten pounds is fucking heavy. I think it was ten pounds. I don't know. I was tied up. I was tied up totally fucking naked. This is a TV show, mind you. Totally fucking naked. They, I mean, completely naked. I think they shaved me. And I was like, at one point, I was like, am I shooting a porn? This feels like um, we're shooting porn. Mm. And uh, never got hard until they put me in this thing, it like latex. They, She wrapped me in it, and she slid a tube in it, and she squirted some sort of lube into the tube and started moving it around inside the latex. And I, and I was bound. I was completely bound. And the second it hit my dick, we had a safe word. It was marshmallow. The second it hit my dick, I realized, oh, this is this is the moment where you go, I can't say no. I, I'm gonna keep this going. So I was like, marshmallow. She was like, what? I go, marshmallow. Get me out of here. I'm, if, if you do a little bit more, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything, and I'm gonna come in this fucking thing, uh, and everyone's gonna be fucking weird. Ew. Yeah, that was the. But yeah, I don't I I I don't mind seeing videos and stuff. But the second I come, I'm like, I'm fucking done with this. I'm out. <sighs> Someone told me about uh, the videos of um, the massage videos. Where I, it was a woman, I think it was my, it might have been Nikki Glazer. I don't know. I'm sorry, Nikki, if I'm misremembering. Nikki's into some weird shit. Nikki's, but she's open and honest about it. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I'm into weird shit, but I'm not open and honest about it. She's in gangbang videos. Really? <laughs> Is that what she said she was into? I don't understand. I couldn't. Oh man, I don't understand the whole gangbang thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it either. I don't want to watch it. I, I mean, can't imagine two dudes. With one girl. like that. I can imagine that people are into anything. And that people, are, there's going to be people that are into that. But if that's like your thing, like, where's the gangbang video? There we go. Found my spot. <laughs> you know, if you got like gangbang videos bookmarked on your computer, like, what? You're just hoping to show up where anybody could fuck this person? Ooh. And you just pile in? I, uh, Tom and I went to a dominatrix together for a live show one time. And, uh. And I'm I'm game for anything. And Leanne's cool because Leanne doesn't give a fuck. She knows where you know. Adriana Chechik offered me and Tom to have a double team on her, and Jesus. so we called our wives. We're like, "Hey, can we fuck Adriana Chechik?" And Leanne's like, "Fucking no." I go, "Okay, what if we both wear strap-ons and we'll fuck them with the strap-ons?" And we won't. And Tom's like, "What are we gonna do with our dicks?" I go, "We're jerking off, Tom. Don't worry." And then she goes, and then and then and then Leanne's like, "No." I go, "What if we turn the strap-ons backward like tails and we fuck her backwards? We're not even looking." And she's like, "No," but. Like we green light this dominatrix thing, so we go, 
and they do everything. They spank us and they, they whatever. And then at the very end, she, she tethers our cocks together with this electric, like shock shocker thing, and starts electrocuting our cocks. And we're tied together. We're closer than me and you. We're I mean, like we're fucking like we're moving a chair. This recently? This is yeah. This is, uh, for New Year's Eve a couple of years ago. And uh, and so yeah, there we are. And we get done, and we're like, all right, everything's wrapped up. And then she looks at me and Tom. And she goes, "You guys want to come?" And I mean, you want to talk about a moment, a pregnant pause? Tom and I look at each other. and We're like, "Huh? No." She and Tom goes, "Wait, how how would you do that?" And she goes, "I take you guys over there. I got this little machine. I could make it come in like fucking thirty seconds." And Tom and I just look at each other. We're like, "Nephew, we don't want that. Let's just leave." <laughs> And then we go to leave, and the girl, one of the another dominatrix, comes in and goes, "Oh my God, Tom Segura! I'm such a big fan." And he's like, "Oh, what's up?" He's like, "Do you know my friend?" She goes, "No, I've never seen him." And so Tom starts giggling. She goes, "Can I get a picture?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." So they go over to get a picture. She goes, "On your knees, pig!" And he's like, "Huh?" She goes, "On your fucking knees!" And Tom just gets on his knees, and they take a picture of them. Oh my this God! This is Tom and I with the dominatrix. Jesus Christ. God. That's a fucking weird world. It is. It is. I, I, you know, some people are into golf. There was a doc. I was. I wanted to bring this up earlier because I forgot about it. There was a documentary that they did about this woman who participated in a hundred man gangbang. It was like an open public gangbang, and she was very intelligent, like a very smart person who was like a college student at the time. Like an uh, an Asian lady, if I remember correctly. Really? Yeah, and she, you know, was kind of relaying what it was like to have all these people inside of her and talking about the fingernails, scratching her. Because there was just men off the street that participated in these gangbangs. Like, guys could just sign up and fuck this famous porn star. But what? But what I mean, I, I'm just... There was a from few a of those. Oh, it's just craziness. I don't understand You're getting it. herpes. But there was the, there's this thing... That was going on for a while where they were there was records to see like who had the biggest gangbang There was another woman who was like in competition with her at first Remember that I remember the Houston 500. That's right Houston, Houston 500. I think she be in 600 I think is what the end of the day 600 she, men? she fucked like 600 different men Yeah, yeah over a period of like many many hours, yeah. but I, I think this other woman did a gangbang movie. See if can you can see find what, the can movie. Can I see what she looks like? Because it was a movie about it. The Houston 500 was the... the, the right, but that's not the one with the okay. smart lady. The smart lady was... Uh, there was a, a, a documentary about an Asian porn star who did a massive gangbang. But it's like... It's just, it was just weird because they like... If I remember it correctly, it was quite a long time ago, like 20 years ago. But they were talking to her about it. Like, what was it, the experience like? And I was like... I think this is yes, is this Annabelle her? Chong. That's it. Yeah. Um, Why? The 90s porn star Annabelle Chong was arguably the most famous Singaporean in the world. Two decades later, she talks about what she's been doing since she vanished from the public eye. So see if you can find the movie about her. So that's like a recent thing on that's her. Gotta, there's got to be something. I mean, I don't, I don't mean this disrespectful, but there's got to be something broken inside her brain. Maybe that fixed it. Maybe it's just like, <laughs> just needed 500 cocks. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would try to say, I would say, I would say yes, probably. But, like, I don't know why people like what they like. Yeah. It's, the, it's very interesting when, you know, 
people whatever they like ball gags well i'm not gonna leather. i don't i won't kink shame her but at the same time if you're gonna say that this is okay as, as a then like you gotta go like i'm like i'm not into rough sex i've never understood rough sex because for me sex is about like have showing my vulnerabilities or whatever but like dudes like it and then people get kink shamed because they like rough sex then all of a sudden everyone like comes out and they fucking don't like them. Well, rough sex, the thing that scares people is rough sex is the next door neighbor to violence. Like rough sex and then violence against women, they're like so close to each other. But ch chicks, I remember- Some chicks like it. I've never been with a chick that's ever asked for rough along the Sex, that's it. The Annabelle Chong story. So it's a documentary from 99. Wow. The documentary explores, uh, see if you can do it. Annabelle Chong's adult film star whose claim to fame is the world's biggest gangbang where she had sex with 251 men in 10 hours. What the fuck? The film is an attempt to understand her motivation. She has a degree from USC in gender studies Oh, it's not a real degree and is an intelligent <laughs> woman with very clear ideas and understanding about her life But she has two very different yet fascinating personalities. Yeah, that was what was interesting about it was that she's a very smart person But is doing this thing that you would think would be a very terrible idea. You got to bring that up on a first date, right? Oh, yeah, I would think yeah, don't wait until you really love each other because that's going to be a hard one to get past. Do you, when, this is an intimate question, you don't have to ask this, but when you met your wife, did you ever ask how many people have you been with? And No. No, I don't think that that, uh, do you really want, first of all, do you want to dwell on it? Do you want to dwell on all the guys she fucked? Do you want to tell all the, the girls you fucked? Like, why? I've only had sex with six chicks. I know. We you talk about that on stage. Yeah, I've only had sex with six chicks. So I'm, but I have intimacy the fun, that, that fucking story you tell is so funny. About what? About the, the, the one-night stand showing up at your show. Oh, 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 I told that last night. Yes. Oh, shit. Did oh, you forget? Shit. Yeah, I totally did. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. oh, well, that was save, good. Save yeah. that. Okay. Save that. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the cool thing about watching a whole new hour get launched. You know, because I just go, I go up like a, like a fire hose. And just start trying, like, as ideas yeah. come to me, I'm just, like, spitting them out, spitting them out, spitting them out. But no that was real... what was so cool is watch you navigate through that process, like, and knowing that it was, but it also everyone there to see you do it. So it was fun. I, I saw that... Christina do that, too. She did that at the Creek. Really? It was right after her Netflix special. She went up at the Creek with notes and fucked around. It was it's, fun. It's interesting because I, that is the stand-up I used to do before I started doing bigger venues. When I first did my first theater, Tommy called me and he was like, it's, it's gotta be a little more structured. You'll see, but it needs to be a little more structured. And I didn't understand what he was talking about and I realized it can be fun and it can be wild, but you, you can't, any of the club cheat codes that we have, mm -hmm. we, there's, I don't know if, I, I, you can't explain it to everyone, but there's some cheat codes you can get in the club to like muscle your way through a bit that you can't get in a theater. Exactly. And you definitely can't do in an arena. Right. Yeah, there's an intimacy in the club that makes fucking around a different thing. You can't fuck around like that when you're doing 15,000 people. It's just too weird. It's, it doesn't make sense. And the and you can't go fast when you're doing an arena because right. the I, I tell it to everyone, when the first arena show you do, take your time. Yeah. Because it's got to get all the way back there, and then it's got to get back all the way up here. Arena timing's different. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It's, I, you have to talk about arena timing? I, Did you ever think of that? When you're on the Travel Channel, you'd be talking about arena timing? <laughs> <laughs> If you told me, Arena timing. if you told me, I would, I would never imagine that I'd be where I am today when I first did this podcast.
Like the first day I did this podcast and I got in the car with Red Band and I had 3,000 followers on Twitter and I, we were driving home and I was wasted and I was like, that was funny shit. To tell me that I am today, you know, that I'm in the middle of an arena tour, I have a movie coming out, I have a Netflix special, I'm a fifth fucking special. I, I, I'm just, I, I, I never, I don't deserve it. I like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I've, I feel like there's so many people so much better than me. I just. It's not about that. You de- You definitely deserve it. And you know it's not like so many people deserve it. No, it doesn't exist for them. You made a thing. You figured out a path, and you got through. And it's it's great, and people love it. It's like it's not a matter of whether or not you deserve it. Of course, you deserve it. I was lucky. I was lucky in that. Everyone's lucky. I fucked up. I I, I went. I there's a couple things of advice that I'm really glad I took. The number one number one bit of advice I that I'm glad I took is when you came up to me at the ice house with the, with the whiskey shots of Jack and and two beers. And you said, Hey, we're trying to be your friend. You got to let us. And I I did not want any friends. I did not want a fucking friend. I had my kids, my wife. I was good. I remember you were like, just, we're trying to be your friend. Just let us be your friend. And I was like, I'm so grateful that it was you that said it in that moment. And that I, I listened because I, the group of friends I have now is so wide and so thick. And it's because of that one moment. Because I, I just was like, fuck comics, they're crazy. Fuck well, famous I knew people. that you had had some bad experiences with some other comics that we know. One, yeah. one in specific that we know that's out of his fucking mind. And I was like, dude. You just you, you you met some bad people. That's all it is. Like we, this is a good group. I remember. Like, we love you. I remember saying to Red Band, I, we were at the improv before I met you. And I said, I kind of met Red Band, I knew Ari. And I said, so what's wrong with Joe? And they're like, what? And I go, what's wrong with, like, what's he's, is he, is he gay or what's, what's his thing? <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? I was, like, I was like, no one's ever this nice. Like, something's going on, he needs something, he wants something. What's he trying to get? And they were like, nothing. And then Ari did this, like, this little, oh, let me tell you, never paid for a meal around Joe, fly first class, put up nice, treats us right, he's the greatest guy in the fucking world. And I was like, mm, okay. I'll wait till he tries to kiss me and tell you guys. And then, and then, uh, and then you and Bill telling me that my TV show sucked and I needed to get still focus on stand up. I'm glad I listened to that. It's like amazing if you if I didn't. I mean, I had obviously you know my respect I have for you, but I have the same for Bill. And that, that yeah. And then and then that phone call you gave me in Vietnam. Well, I was high. And I was in the green room of the comedy store. Yeah. And I called you up just because I missed you. I was yeah. like, what's he up to? And then when you answered and you're like, I'm on a motorcycle. I'm in <laughs> Vietnam. It was like an overwhelming voice in my head was like, you got to get this guy to quit that fucking show. I was like, you got to quit that show. Like, you have to quit. I'm like, Bert, you're too funny. I go, you'd be a, you should be a huge stand-up comedian. I, You know, but what's crazy is... I think now, maybe now you can hear that advice and connect to where I am today and going, okay, he's doing, he's got a movie coming out, he's got all these big things. But you don't believe in yourself then. You're just some some fucking $1,500 a week comic, $3,000 a week comic maybe at the time going like, it'll never happen for me. We were saying this before the podcast started. When I was younger, when before I met Leanne and then right when I met Leanne, I wanted it so bad. I wanted what I have now, I wanted it so bad, but I thought it would be different. It's it's not what it. Is. I thought it was gonna be, but I wanted it. I watched Dane 
you know, I, I'm very, I'm 100 honest. So if it bothers anyone, what I'm about to say, I'm, I'm fine. I watched Dane blow up, and I was, I was, uh, I wasn't jealous, but I was envious. I was like, how cool he goes to like, he like knows movie stars, mm. and, th- and then I'm so grateful that I didn't get what I wanted. I'm so grateful that it didn't show up until I was 44, and then now I'm 50, and like, and like, I can really appreciate that. Like, I can really appreciate it. I would, it would never have meant. What it means to have Ron White watch me do stand up. Yeah. It means something to me. Like, I'm so, like, I, when I did the Boston Garden, I, I fucking, I cried on stage. Oh, I'm going to cry telling you this. But it's, 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 standing ovations are interesting because uh, you, you can cheat them. I, I did this to Ari one time. I was like, I, I go, you want me to show you how to get a standing ovation? And he was like, wait, you can get a standing ovation? I go, it's super easy. I'll show you. And I, I walked him through like a five point. PowerPoint process of, of how to get a standing ovation. And he was, I mean, Joe, it was almost like the day he lost his religion in Judaism. <laughs> he just like, that's, that's not fair. Is anyone else upset by this? <laughs> but when you get them and you've earned them and they, and it happens quick and it's just, and everyone stands up, that has happened a few times to me. And every time I fucking cry, I'm just mm. like, boom, water. Well, I cry easy too. I think I'm fucking... Thank God I'm on testosterone. A lot of estrogen? A lot of estrogen. My testosterone levels were so bad that Brigham was like, I have to call you they. (laughs) But yeah, like those, uh, I never thought I'd, I never thought I'd be where I am. And if it, and if it all goes away tomorrow, I go, that was a fun fucking ride. It's like riding a horse. It's fucking been a goddamn trip. Well, the key is now with the success that you have is recognizing that there is no destination. That's what's important. Because this thought that, you're gonna get somewhere and it's all gonna make sense. No, what what happens is your motivation shifts. Your motivation shifts from this undesirable, this this unstoppable desire to make it. Then your motivation sh- shift to doing the best work that you can. That was my my yeah. last night. Last I'm I'm I don't get a nervous going on stage, but very seldomly do I prepare, like prepare where I go. Let's think very thoughtfully about what we want to let's let's turn this into a job and let's work and last night i sat down before dinner with you and i wrote every new idea i had down and i said i got my book i'm gonna i remember a lot of them i want to do i'm I'm gonna make sure i hit all of them because i was like there's a chance that like jim norton i didn't know jim would be there but like there's a chance that i know that you'll be there and i go these are my peers and i want to make sure they know that i'm working does that make sense? Mm-hmm. The second you yeah. see your peers stop working, and I won't say their names, but we've seen them. Yeah. The big comics that just phone it in. And, yeah. And, and, and I go, and I was very thoughtful in my approach to doing stand-up last night because I, like, I, I was like, I was like, that's, that's when it goes away is when you, just, when you stop giving a fuck. You stop bringing around that's the joke That's with everything in life. That's when your marriage fucks up. That's when your friendships fuck up. That's when you're a bad neighbor. That's when you're a bad dad. That's when you're bad at your job. It's, it's when you suck at a sport. You know, I mean, a lot of things in life is whether or not you appreciate them. Being in the and, and recognizing, like when we were kids, when we were starting out doing stand up, the idea that making a living doing stand up was crazy. Like, uh, we always had jobs, right? Everybody had jobs in the beginning. So, you're like, may, imagine if I could only pay my bills through comedy. That's insane. That was and then my, that when was you it. get there, that then the you're goal. like, oh, how come he's got an HBO special? Uh-huh. I don't have an HBO special. It's like, it's so easy to get caught up in the stupid parts and just not appreciate it. Not appreciate, appreciate your health. 
Not appreciate, like, that's the feeling that I always get if I ever get sick, is that feeling when I get sick, like, oh my God, this is terrible. I am going to appreciate health so much more as soon as I get better. Because when you feel, like, run down and tired and weak, you're like, oh no, what is it? What an awful feeling. Like, I have to recognize that my health is a fucking, it's of utmost priority. you got to be healthy. And don't just think about it when you get sick. Because when you're healthy, you think about all kinds of stupid shit. You don't think about, make sure you don't get sick. But when you're sick, you're like, oh my God, I've got to get healthy. Nothing matters until you're healthy. If someone could say, look, you could stay sick for the rest of your life, but you never have to work again. You're going to have uh, unlimited income, but you're going to feel like absolute dog shit every day. You'd be like, no, yeah. no, that's not a life. That's not life. No. Life is when you're healthy. And no one thinks like that when they're healthy. Because when you're healthy, you just think about stupid shit. Like, why don't I have the car that I want? Why, why does she have those shoes and I don't? Why is this and that? And you just caught, caught up in your own fucking head. Dude, what, so I woke up this morning. We, well, I partied pretty hard last night. But uh, I woke up this morning and, I, 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 and I, I was wondering what your motivation was. Because I woke up and I had slept on my hand, and so my my hand was asleep in the morning. So I was like, I had a stroke. <laughs> oh, and so then I went, Oh my god! I, I did thought you were going to tell me you jerked off to the dead hand. No. Oh. Put it on there and just should have <laughs> numb handed it. God, I wish you would have been in bed with me. <laughs> I give you advice, <laughs> but I spit in your hand first. Don't be scared. You're so, already fucking your own numb hand. But I got up and I went, and I and I and I realized, oh, my hand's just asleep. And then immediately I go, it's the health thing. I go, I'm going to the gym. Here we go, four mm. miles. Let's do it. Go do four miles. Head over Rogan. Eat salmon. Do be be healthy. I'm I, the, I'm telling you, I've never been more motivated with health because of the dealing with waste wellness. Mm. Because once you start taking that accountability, you go well. Then now it's time to write the boat for real. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but I go. I want. I know my motivation for working out is punitive. It's more like I, I'm. I get angry at myself. I go way to go. Fuck face. Mm. That's how. Okay, you wanted to have last night. Then this is the morning you get. You wanted to come home, fucking have, have take a roadie with you and and drink it in your be, in your room. Then you would get up and you could do four miles. Let's go. And I was like, I wonder, because I know I never understood when I, before I worked out the way I do now. I never understood the way your brain worked about your that without working out you'd want to fucking kill someone. That you it kind of centered you. Yeah. And I get that now. I get once I can feel like shit, but once I push it out of me, I feel amazing. Yeah. For the rest of the day, it's medicine. It's medicine for everybody. It's not just for me. It's for everybody. It's just, it's hard to do. That's all it is. And you got to recognize that it's hard to do, but you have to still do it. And if you could force yourself to do it, it's better. It's that simple. It's like really all in, in that form. And you also don't have to do anything that hard. The, the thing about exercise is if you can get a really good sweat going and get your heart rate up and push, that's great. But if you can't and you just want to walk around your block, that's way better than not walking around your block. Like everything is good. Everything you could do is good up until you get injured, right? So oh. do it smart. Do it smart and do it regularly and build up. Don't go like if you have been working out for 20 years, don't immediately join a fucking CrossFit class and blow your back out. Like do it smart. Like do it slowly at first. Start with push-ups. Get a chin-up bar. Build up. And then after a few weeks of being very consistent with that, then start going to a gym. Maybe if you can afford it, get a trainer. If not, 
There's tons of YouTube videos. Oh, dude, tons. Netflix Netflix has a new workout series. Have you seen it? Oh, no. Netflix has a new workout series. Let me pee, and then we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, sure, I gotta sure. Pee. I'm so overhydrated lately. I used to be the champ of not pissing during podcasts, but when I went to Ways to Well, I found out I was dehydrated. And it was probably because I was right after coming out of the sauna that I got my blood work done. But I'm oh. like, God damn it. And I have been overhydrating since then, but I feel fucking great. Really? But I have to pee all the time. All right, go piss. And bring back an, an ice cube. <laughs> Yeehaw, bro. Our, our boy Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets. What's that? I think our boy Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets. Oh, yeah? I think so. Someone was asking me about that. I love that dude. Aaron Rodgers is a saint. Nicest guy you could ever meet. It's the coolest dude. Does not feel at all like he's famous. No, he, dude. Feels like a fucking totally normal, regular guy. He showed up. Are we rolling? We're back. Yes. He showed up. Uh, I texted him on Twitter. I, I made a message about him on Twitter when I was in Green Bay. I was doing the rest center right next to the Lambo, and uh, he DMs me. He's like, "Are you, are you trolling me, motherfucker?" And I'm scared. <laughs> I was like, "I was like, he brought man energy. Like athletes bring man yeah. energy to you. <laughs> any any cage fighter I've ever fucking talked to." Man energy. I talk shit about. Uh, never mind. I'm done. I'm bringing that up. So, uh, yeah. so uh, I said. I said me and Tom are going to jump Nate Diaz one time. Oh no! <laughs> and, and and Shane Gillis is like, that was a mistake. Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> so, uh, so it was a joke, Nate. Just joking. Big fan. So uh, he DMs me, and I'm and I and I I panic. I'm not good at talking to celebrities, so I call Tom, who's awesome at it. That's he's better at that than stand up. <laughs> and he goes, just DM him back. Say. Huge fan. Would you like tickets to my show? That's it. So I write back. Not what I would ever write. I, you know I'd write like a paragraph of, no, 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 no. I love you. I think you're awesome. Your hair looks so cool. I right. love it when it's wet or whatever. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> so, I, so I DM exactly back. And, he, and then he writes back. No, huge fan. I just didn't know. He's like, are you at the rest center tonight? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, can I stop by? And I'm like, go. Oh, wow, that's how Tom gets in these bands with these celebrities. So I text back, yeah. And then he just shows up, regular ass dude. Yeah. Knocks on the window of our bus, walks in, smells awesome. He's got his wet hair. And we're like, ah. <laughs> and he was the coolest fucking hang. Like, no pretense. I mean, I got to be honest with you, and I, I, I made jokes about this, but like, we had a camera on. And Aaron Rodgers was so open and honest about everything that I actually said, can we turn this camera off? Because I don't ever want him thinking we're, I'd ever leverage any of that shit. He was just the realest dude, and and he's been the sweetest guy. Like he, uh, I text now. Back I want to know what the fuck he said. Uh, he just opened up that door. Dude, Why'd I, you do that? Let me tell you, I I I'm bad with secrets. I'm really bad with secrets. But Aaron Rodgers, uh, I'll keep your secrets until the day I fucking he'll keep die. your secrets until this podcast is over, and then he's gonna fucking tell me, Aaron. I, I can almost I'll guarantee you, you right anything now. he'd tell me, he'd tell you. But uh, <laughs> almost guarantee. Do you want he, a cigar? Yes, I fucking love a cigar. I knew you would. Did you hear the joke I had about Tommy last night? No. About secrets. I'll save it. I got a good one. That motherfucker's going down. What kind of scars you got? Look at that fucking humidor, Joe. It's pretty dope, right? Oh, oh, are these your scars? Yeah. Oh, I fucking yes. Do you know who loves these cigars? Is Bobby Kelly. Yeah. No, he said that Bobby knows his cigars. These are from Foundation Cigars. Foundation Cigars yeah. makes good cigars. Yeah, I was very skeptical when they just said they were going to make a JRE cigar. I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. Do you ever think, do you ever look back at how much you've changed in the last 10 years? I don't know. How much have I changed? Like, you weren't a cigar guy 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, but... You weren't I, a cigar I, guy, and you know what else you I weren't? I still like cigars. Can I call you on what else you weren't, which I wasn't either, but now I am? What? You weren't a watch guy. 
Yeah. You were not a watch guy. Well, the UFC bought me a watch. They bought me a Rolex. Really? It was really nice. And then uh, I did a podcast with Matt Farah. You know Matt from Smoke Guitar? Of course I know Matt Farah. And I was making fun of watch people. I'm like, what are you going to watch this for? What's wrong with you? And then as time went on, um, I bought a watch. And then uh, I started getting into the mechanics of them. And the auto- I, didn't, I didn't even before know the difference between like a quartz watch and an automatic watch. Thank you. I was like, what's the difference? Who gives a shit if it fucking ticks or if the thing? And then I started realizing, like, oh, my God, there's all these little tiny pieces. And the movement of your wrist is what – oh, sorry. <laughs> the movement of your wrist is what makes the fucking watch wind and that it, it could stay winding forever like that. Like, what? And then I just started getting into the history of how these things were made. And how crazy it is that someone figured out how to make these little springs and gears move exactly to the tune of 24 hours in a day. Like, it's pretty wild. The ones that blow me away are the moon phase watches. Yeah. Those moon phase watches. Like, so I, I, I don't know what I like. I have to have someone tell me what I like sometimes. Like, with cars, with watches. I always go to Tommy. Tom's been really good at, like... Telling me what what's cool and what what to dig, what to get. Uh, even with this watch, I I didn't know that I wanted it. I didn't know what I wanted, and then I had to see it, and then I was like, oh, this is a, I like that. That's I like a that. Rolex Daytona. Everybody loves that. That's the panda. It's the fucking. It's that's I, the shit. This is this is my my and and now I go. Well, do I need another watch? So I sit next to this dude on an airplane yesterday talking about the financial crisis, and he starts telling me about watches. And he's like, have you seen, Rolex has a moon phase watch. It's called a Cellini or something. Mm. And he's like, that's the fucking gangster watch. You see the one that I gave Lex Friedman? You ever see that watch? Yeah. Yeah. That's an Omega Speedmaster, but it has the moon phase built into it with a a high resolution, tiny image. Look at this. Look at this beautiful beautiful. watch. And he said it's. He says this is the most slept on watch. Shout out to, I think his name is. That's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous fucking watch. That's so pretty. I, I just love. I don't have any. I don't have a lot of leather banded watches because I, sh- I. I don't. I don't. I'm not a thoughtful person, so I get mm. in showers and pools and not right. think. So I need to have a watch that can deal with everything. Right, right, right. You need a waterproof watch too. Yeah. I like dive watches. That, oh. Those are my favorite because I like to turn the bezel when someone's on stage. I was like explaining it to Tony and those guys. Like, this is the reason why I have a dive watch. When you go on stage, I'll put that little bezel to the minute hand, yeah. and I'll know exactly how long you've been on stage. So I don't have to go, how long has you been up? And thinking, like, when do I go up? Instead, I just look at my watch, and it shows me. Because, you know, it's always a little off. Two minutes, yeah. you know, someone's supposed to go on at 8, they go on at 8.04, and, like, you don't know when you get off. Yeah. And so to have that little feature on a dive bezel where the bezel spins around to the minute hand is f- fucking huge. The GMT is my I, – I totally end up buy a watch for a year because she gave me this for my birthday. And she was like, respect it's a gift and enjoy it for at least one year before you go buying another watch. Wow. She tells you what to do, huh? Bro, you have no fucking idea. I don't like that. I don't think you'd enjoy being inside our house and watching our marriage. <laughs> if I gave you my ring cam or my 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 Nest cam, I think there'd be a couple times where you call me and go, "Hey man, <laughs> I need to give you some advice real quick." <laughs> but maybe that wouldn't my you know, maybe it's not good advice. You guys seem like you got a good relationship. Well, I I'm maybe you happy. need a mom. No, maybe you need mom. someone. To- <laughs> Maybe you need someone telling you what to do. I, dude, I definitely, I have no idea about anything. We were, we were building. Uh, you know, we did the podcast out of the house, out of the. I have a guest house in the back, and we were doing it out of there. And Leanne just 
fucking went off the reservation one day and bought a new house. Jesus and Christ. And was like, we're doing, we're going to build a podcast studio out of this house. And I was like, huh? She was like, yeah. And I was like, and I start panicking because I don't know, I don't know about how much money comes in or how much, I don't know anything about that. And I was like, hold on, hold on a second. You just bought a fucking, she goes, trust me, it's a great investment. It's a great house. We got a great price on it. We got a low interest rate. And we're going to turn this into, because I've always, I, my, my, the old compound you had in LA was like my favorite thing I ever saw. Where mm. I was like, this is the fucking goal. This is the top. This, when you can have like your podcast set up where you go in and you work and then you go home and you're home. Mm-hmm. Like I go, this is the goal. Even Tom, this current one you have now is next fucking level. The one Tom has, it's fucking great. It's like yeah. an office. It's an office. And Leanne goes, we're going to hire people. We're going to we're gonna change your business. We're going to take control of your business. I've also, another little like top of the mountain is Stanhope, the way he operates. Because Stanhope has everything in-house. Everything in-house. He's got his tour manager, his manager. It's like really kind of cool to have your own little pirate ship. Mm. So she bought a house. She built me a, a podcast studio in it. It's fucking sick she built a two bears one cave set for when tommy <laughs> comes out she put her podcast studio in there she's rebuilding our kitchen because i do something's burning she she tore out the kitchen and rebuilt a camera friendly kitchen that shoots this way <clears throat> and she's she's a gangster man i i don't i would be i i could not have married the kind of chick i jerk off to <laughs> does that make sense is that, ma- the is that fucking, bad? The, the fact there's zero pause between all the compliments of her <laughs> and that I could not have married a chick that I jerk off to. But you know what I mean? I mean, I hope, that's, I hope that doesn't sound bad. I might want to edit that out. <laughs> no, keep it I'm in. I'm kidding. I'm keep kidding. it in. Dude, I, I, I love my wife. I love her. I'm attracted to her. Do. But man, like the chicks you see that you jerk off to, those chicks couldn't build me a podcast studio. You never know. They wouldn't book but, me a but dentist Is that mutually exclusive? Like- like certain body shapes and types and looks, yeah. They also can't can't get it together with other stuff and work. I used to date a chick who would put her makeup on naked in front of a mirror. I thought it was the hottest thing in the world. Leanne doesn't do that. But if, but if you look at that chick now, she's still putting her naked up naked on in front of the fucking mirror. Know you think so? Doing. Yeah, I know so. I know so. Okay. And so. I look at her life and I go, I'm so glad. I, Don't I you think that attractive women, when they get older and the attractiveness sort of goes away, some of them are forced to kind of like look at life in a different way, and it's yes. probably probably not the worst thing for them. Uh, so, some deal for with some it, of them. Some deal with it right. Some deal with it wrong. I, Natasha Leggero definitely didn't like when I said this. Uh, oh Jesus! But uh, I watched. Leanne had a friend who was a model, and uh, and she got old. And she got older and she gained some weight, but she still had a model brain, right? So, like, the right way to say this, I knew, I knew this movie star one time who his wife said the problem with him, he was always a fat kid and he'll always be a fat kid. No matter how much weight he loses, in his mind, he's still a fat kid. Yeah. I grew up in shape I, my whole life, so I don't even see me as fat now at all. <laughs> I feel like I'm fucking jacked. I mean, dead serious. I walked into the green room last night. I wasn't joking. My tits look great. My shoulders look fucking awesome. I'm benching 275. I'm fucking jacked right now. Same thing happens with hot chicks. Leanne had a friend who was a hot chick, and I watched her try to get the bartender's attention. And it was something that must have come easier to her when she was younger, but now it was so difficult, and she couldn't figure it out. And it was like watching Superman get locked out of his house. And she was just like this, like, the fuck is wrong with this guy and i'm like oh the the cachet you had when you were younger 
that right. you thought was just given to everyone. You didn't realize that was a privilege because you were beautiful. Now you're realizing what it's like to be me. Like just be a regular person at the end of a bar trying to get a fucking drink. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. Some people handle it well and some people don't. I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's, it probably goes hand in hand with, with fame and notoriety. Yeah. Uh, but it's a little, I, I'm lucky that I grew up like a m- mediocrely attractive, never like jacked, never super talented guy. Because I think it gives you empathy. Well, I think that you can really get confused if you're super attractive. Is that lighter? And think that, you know, whatever that that's attention what the, that's, that you yeah. get is normal, that you deserve it, or that you're special. Like, because it's really, somebody said this, I forget who it was. We've, we've said this quote before, but beauty is a short lived tyranny. Who, who, who made that quote? Was it Benjamin Franklin or some shit? No, that no way he fucking said Socrates. that. Socrates, he had wooden teeth, like right? Plato or some shit. Socrates is he the guy that they killed? They gave him a hemlock. Um, is that Socrates? I think you so. know Socrates. They made him come up in front of the thing and say, "You can live." Beauty is a Socrates. Socrates is a motherfucker. Beauty is a short-lived tyranny. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Like when someone is really, really beautiful, like everyone just pays attention to them when they walk into a room. Like, oh my God, look at her. Like people, they just, they're overwhelmed. Like it's royalty. It's like human royalty, right? It's like there's royalty, like royal family, but then there's royalty, like genetic royalty. And really beautiful people are like genetic royalty. They it's, have a thing that no one else can have, and and other people want it. This is why those filters exist. You want to pretend you have it, you know. You want to like pose like you have it. Like there's a lot of people that get their face chopped up to try to achieve it. But, but that, some people are just born with it. But that's why then that and they are born with it. But that's why a guy like say Tim Dillon is who Tim Dillon is, is because of course it didn't and nothing came easy to him. Yeah, and so he had to form a brain. That could talk circles around fucking any of those. I think that's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it speaks on, on many levels, but like I go, I'm so lucky I had to learn how to be funny. Yeah. Because I couldn't get just get pussy by standing in a you corner. walked into the party like you were walking into a yacht. You know that? No. You're so vain. Carly Simon. Can you play Yo. it? Can you play oh, it? yeah. Let's Can play, play it. it? Let's I love play when you play music on Oh, this. my God. This fucking song was... Somebody played it in the uh, bar, in the, the Mitzi's bar the That's other day. It's a fucking great hang, by the way. It's a great hang. Uh, but, uh, You're we doing it right, all, buddy. We're all singing it wrong. Yeah. We, You're doing it right. We are doing it right. You're doing right. it right. Yeah, You're doing it really right. <laughs> <laughs> it can be done. I hope I get to go to your funeral. <laughs> no, hold on. Get it from the beginning. Look at her. Yeah, this this version is gonna suck because it's live. See if you can find a non-live version. Here it is. Oh, look at her Here. nipples. She was so hot. She dude. is so fucking hot. She is so fucking hot. Look how hot she was. This is like '70s hippie Carly Simon hot. Great. By the way, she looks like she could swallow Mike Tyson's fist with that <laughs> mouth. Look at the size of that mouth. Real teeth. Real She's teeth. She's so hot. To the party, like you were walking into a yacht. This is about Warren Beatty. Great fucking song. 
the last we don't thing have... you want to do is break up with Carly Simon and have her write a song about you that's awesome. Oh. You... She is fucking beautiful. She's so hot. Was she still alive? Yeah. Really? But look at that picture. That's about as hot as a woman gets. You just get different. You don't get hotter than that. There's like levels of hot. There's so many levels of what I'd be attracted to on this. First of all, number one, no bra. Number two, oh, number yeah. two, her hands. She's yeah. got great hands. Number three, her smile is what they try to emulate in plastic surgeon's office. Oh, Big, wow. bigger top lip, right. great teeth. Those are real teeth, Joe. Yeah, Those are that native was before teeth. the veneer days. Yeah, that's fucking. She's still alive. I'd hit she it. was so hot, dude. How old is she now? Seventy-nine. Whoa! Whoa! That's so crazy. Life is so fleeting. It sucks. She was so young and hot and beautiful and fucking talented, man. That voice is incredible. Look at how. Look at her lips in this. In the third picture over to the left. Look at her lips. I mean, I'm, I don't mean to. Oh my god. Those are. That's what they do. Plastic surgeons are doing that today. Top dollar. And she had it natural. Great eyebrows. In 1971, son. Nose could use a little work, but her hair. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of a thick nose. I bet she got like it done. A Go to the nose. older one. Go to the older one. She definitely got a nose job. Maybe not, bro. I Leave her so. alone. There were clouds in my coffee. Clouds in my coffee. And you're so vain. She's beautiful. I would think a song is about you. Bro, those boobs are off the those charts. Those boobs are next fucking level. Oh. Natural boobs or fake 1971, boobs? wearing bell bottoms. Look at that. By the way, we're gonna find out she was 17 in this picture. <laughs> no, no chance. She's got to be young as shit. What do you? How old was she in 71? 65, I think. So she would have been 22. Well, oh, she was 71. She's got to be 25, roughly, at 71. We're because fine. We're fine. Yeah. Yeah, um, out of the woods. That uh, natural boobs, man. That's the fucking thing. Mm. That's the move. Natural Unless you have boobs. little tiny ones. Nope. But what if they could just shoot something in them and make them grow? Like a peptide. Um, like a titty peptide. Leanne got a fucking uh, Invisalign. Yeah. Her teeth are perfect. I go, what the fuck are you doing? She goes, they could be better. I go, out of all the plastic surgery, you choose your fucking teeth. <laughs> you can fucking it's light them. It's not plastic surgery. Whatever, the fucking it's a mouth cosmetic, guard. whatever. Yeah. It's fu yeah, and it's like living with a fucking special needs kid. Oh, cock. no. Yeah. She has the... Cheek and breast volume enhancing peptide. What? Whoa. It's real? <laughs> Before we, uh, it's real? Yeah, it is. Well, let me see what it does. What does it say? Uh, like, we'll, we'll probably sell this shit. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, when we talked about semaglutide, oh. I don't know how much of an impact we had on it, but we had a fucking sure. impact. Yeah, yeah. It Wait, was an on, impact. So, who's on semaglutide? I know about some people. A lot people. of people. Okay, yeah. A lot of people were on it. But when we talked about it, we, then all of a sudden it started popping up everywhere where, you know, the pros and the cons of it. But it's like you got to be careful about, like, promoting these kind of these things that people That's, that's my problem is I want to talk. year old article, 12 years old. Okay, so it says uh, an active recommendations, 2%, and facial redefining or breast firming formulations in addition to any product where replenishing effect is desired. So from 2011, they probably got way better shit now. Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. I talked to Brigham about that last night. I said, listen, man, because you know I'm, I'm on his protocol. I go, I'm pretty irresponsible about talking about health. Like, I'm like the Alex Jones of fitness. So I don't, I go, I, I'm, I'm skeptical to ever tell anyone what I'm doing with you. He was like, I don't give a fuck. You can tell everyone what you're doing. I was like, all right. Yeah, people will put it through the Burt filter. Yeah. And they just won't just go out and do exactly what you're doing. I'm doing no. Winstrol, Deca, 
<laughs> I love steroids. I know it's not steroids, but I think it is. I love it. Are you on Winstrol? I don't know. No. No, I don't know. You might have to call Brickham. Yeah, I don't think you No, are. I don't think I'm on Winstrol. No, I'm on no, testosterone. TRT. Yeah, that's normal. TRT. Yeah, if you're, if you're getting onto that, I'd be like, hey, 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 hey. I don't, I don't, I couldn't even, I know I haven't felt the effects yet because it takes like a month before it starts actually raising your levels. But the, the first day, I was. What are fucking... you talking about? You feel it almost immediately. You do? Yes. Everyone told me it took like a month. I felt no, it immediately. I no, felt it fucking no, immediately. No, 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 no. I felt no, it no, no, immediately. It's, it's re, you've reintroduced testosterone to your system. You feel it immediately. It's the greatest thing in the Who world. Who told you this is going to take months? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. No, you'll have physiological changes in months, like more muscle mass. You'll add more muscle mass. You'll lose body fat. That'll take place over a long period of time. But as, par as far as how you feel, it's almost instantly. My cardiologist was the one who recommended it. Cause I, cause really? I, yeah, because I've dealt with Brigham. And Denise, I think I'm saying her name mm -hmm. right. It's spelled yeah. weird, but I'm yeah. saying it right. When we did, uh, we did um, stem cells, mm -hmm. intravenous stem cells, and I told she goes, "Let me take your blood," and I said, "No, but I, this is private." And she goes, "Why not?" And I said, so "My dad was there, I think. My mom was there, and you were there, and then, like you and my dad are very similar men. You guys both are like, hey." What are we doing about this weight loss? And I'm like, I just I don't want to deal with either of these guys right now. Uh, and don't so don't take my blood. And she goes, What's going on? I said, I've been partying a lot. She was like, Yeah, but I can fix that. I go, Yeah, but I don't want to deal with these guys. Trust me. Let, let's show my dad talk. <laughs> go, these are the fucking two fucking North Stars are sitting together, lighting it up like the sun. <sighs> and so so then I go in and then I and then I go to my cardiologist last time, and my liver enzymes for the first time ever are out of the normal range. Just a little bit, but but out. And he goes, uh, How is that possible? How are they just barely ready? out of the normal range? Are you ready? Yes. Can I tell you? Yes. <laughs> it's, my fucking, it's my cholesterol medicine. The cholesterol medicine makes your liver enzymes better? No, no, no. It fucks them up. Oh, yeah. that's what's causing it to be fucked up? So don't, this goes into the weeds because you told me about cholesterol and sugars. Yeah. And that's the conversation I had with Denise. And by the way, Alex Jones of Fitness, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Yeah. There's. But, there's but, a lot going on, right? There's a lot going on, but it's overall it's metabolic health, and, yeah. and you you can't be healthy and be overweight. It's like all this stuff that you keep hearing on the news and all this crazy talk about how you can be fat and still be healthy. That is just not true. It's not true. There's a host of diseases that are directly connected with being overweight. A host of them. It diminishes your immune system. It made you more susceptible to COVID. It causes people to get diabetes. There's a lot of things that happen when you're obese. There's a lot of denial in obesity. And because I, it feels good to eat. It, feel, it feels fucking great. It's, I would like a meatball sub right now. Yeah. With provolone cheese, with the sauce, and you're biting into it. You're like, oh, oh. You know that feeling? It's yeah. all the meat and the bread and the sauce with a little garlic in the sauce and the molted, melted provolone, and you're just eating that meatball sub. I would love that right now. But then after it's over, I'd feel like dog shit. Yeah, I could get past that. <laughs> I've done it enough. The thing about the thing about the thing about my weight, is, which is weird, is that I've always been sneaky in shape. Like sneaky can still achieve athletic abilities. Like I went out when we were in Tampa. Uh, with I brought Fitzsimmons with me, and uh, my high school hit me up, and they're like, hey, you want to come out with the kids and say hi to the kids' baseball team, so I play baseball, take, maybe take batting practice, and I was like, yeah. In my head, I'm like, I'm hitting a fucking home run. 
And so I go out to the kids, and we take batting practice, and I hit a fucking home run at 50. I never hit a home run in, in high school. I never hit. All, I never once hit it out of the park in high school. And I hit a fucking home run at 50. And there's a weird thing that happens in your brain, and it's I don't know if it's denial or if it's like accepting, not wanting to accept the truth. But I literally was like, I hung out with Wade Boggs and fucking Derek Brooks and all these pro athletes, and I was like, hit a fucking home run today. And everyone's like, oh, way to go. You're in great shape, big guy. And you believe it. <laughs> and you believe it. You believe it. You go to bed going, I'm going to have another double Tito's and soda, and I'm fucking, I'm killing it, man. Yeah, and you do. But you have this odd brain where you believe things that aren't necessarily true. You're telling me. It's very strange. I, very, I, but you also say me, things I'm gonna, I'm gonna that you, you don't believe. Wait, I'm going to tell you. This is how fucked up my brain is. Okay. So I was talking to Tom about Michael Jordan, and I said, and he said, do you ever, did you ever get him to see him play? And I said, I, I think I did. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, I might have. I don't know if I did or I didn't, but I might have. And I said, actually, I think, and he goes, what do you mean? I said, like, I think I saw Nirvana live, but I'm not going to fact check it because I don't need to know the truth. Because I have the feeling that I saw Nirvana live, and he goes, "That's so fucked up." <laughs> I said, what, what, "What's what's more important, the memory of seeing them live, or did you see them live? What if I find out I didn't see them live, and then I get to lose that memory that I know I have? I oh. have a memory of I know where I was sitting in 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 the in the the Civic Center in Tallahassee. I know where I was sitting when I saw Nirvana play. Now I am a kind of person that can make up that memory. I am, I definitely am." I don't know how it happens. It's dreams. I don't know what the fuck it is. And I go, so, but but why would I cheat myself out of a, a memory that I feel like I have? I feel like I have it. It's as tangible to me as anything that did happen or didn't happen. Why would I cheat that? And so Tom, of course, being a soulless cunt, goes, find it. Let's find out if it's real. Who'd you see the concert with? I go, John Dacre and Brent Bracken. And he goes, let's call him up. So I call John Dacre. All these on two bears. I go, John. Have you ever seen Nir now? I'm like fucking cowering because I'm about to lose seeing right. Kurt Cobain live, right? And smashing pumpkins open for them, and neither one of those happened. I go, John. Did I have, have you ever seen Have you ever seen Nirvana live? And he goes, I saw them with you smashing pumpkins opened, and I went, I'm <sighs> done. I don't need to fact check Michael Jordan. I saw Michael Jordan, even oh. if I didn't. I saw Michael Jordan live because I feel like I did. That's okay. all that matters with memories, and that's how my that's why my brain's broken. That's but, how the Bible got written. <laughs> you're right. You're it's right. like, dude, he came back to you're, life. Dude, you're right. Three days. That's it's faith. Yeah, it's faith. It's how the Bible got written. It's literally how the Bible got written. The Bible got written. It's based on oral stories that lasted for probably a thousand years. Did you hear my video about that last night? About the I, Bible? I thought they wrote it in rocks. I thought that's why it was so like willy nilly, because if you got to chisel something, you're gonna you're not gonna like elaborate. You're just like, it's not very willy nilly. You really read it? The Bible? Yeah. Yeah, but they're kind of like, he kind of <clears throat> he walked on water or whatever. Well, the real problems with the Bible is that we don't speak ancient Hebrew. Like maybe Ari could read that shit, but that's the original Bible, unless you get to the Dead Sea Scrolls, which is Aramaic. So, like, if you're reading the Bible, you would have to understand ancient Hebrew. And ancient Hebrew is a completely different kind of language because the letters are also numeric. So, like, the letter A is also the number one. 
so they don't they don't have a difference between letters and numbers. So like when you say something, it has a numeric value. I can't wait to retell this story at a dinner party because I'm barely listening <laughs> and go, you know, Hebrews can't count, right? <laughs> you know, they can't count at all. Like they, they would try. But, and then that's why they got good with money is they learned how to count. That's hilarious. I'm bad at fucking retaining. How do you yeah, get- Ancient how, Hebrews, fascinating. I would love to increase my information. Because like even like as you do that, I go, I kind of know a little bit about Mar- the Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King. The Martin first, Luther? I, yeah. know, I know a little bit about Martin Luther, but not enough. Uh, I know a little bit. Like I don't remember things the way like you can remember things. Like you, you can talk about a subject- and it feels like you did high school homework on it, and then you come in and like, yeah. Well, I've had a bizarre education doing this podcast. It's been very bizarre. This is, I mean, that's what it's been, essentially. I mean, it's been a lot of talking shit, a lot of getting fun, you know, having fun and being silly with friends. But it's also been um, incredible conversations, like hours long with some of the most fascinating people. And then also to research them, I, I read their books. So it's like I've read. You actually read it? No, most of most of it's audio. I listen yeah. to them driving and in the sauna. And you so, listen because, like, if I listen to an audio book, my my imagination goes off and I start thinking different thoughts. Oh yeah, like it'll spark something. I the what's the one about uh, the, the 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 what's the book about the uh, people from Portugal coming down the coast of Africa? It's like the conquistadors or the conquerors. Mm. It's a book and. As the second I, I hear, like, and then they had the Muslim chief come out and they put shit in his mouth with, with pork. I, my brain goes to a different place. I don't, I, I just start, my imagination takes over. Mm. I think I have too active of an imagination than I have it based in reality. Or you're scatterbrained. I'm that. Could be that. I'm probably that. Yeah. I, I, I'm really good at concentrating on things that I'm interested in. For real. But they have to be interesting to me. If they're not interesting, it's just fucking in one ear, out the other. It's Top very five. selective. Top five things you're interested in right now. Oh, well, I'm always interested in multiple things simultaneously. The problem with me is time management. It's always time management. Like, I don't, like, when someone says, uh, oh, I'm bored, I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck you're saying. I've never, I haven't been bored in fucking six years. Yeah, I, I wish I had nine lives to live simultaneously. Yeah. I would do nine different things. Oh, I would nine love, different jobs. I would love a twin brother. Yeah, just make them do your shit. Uh, no, no, no. I just would like to team up with them at the end of the night and go, what did you do today? Yeah, well, you probably would hate each other. Dude, we'd kill, do killer problems. I know uh, I know brothers that fucking hate each other, twins that hate each other. I used to date a girl, she was a twin. She hated her sister. For real? I'm like, that's nuts. Yeah, they don't talk. To this day, I don't think they talk. I follow, uh, I, I, I apologize, uh, two gay twins in Australia on Instagram that are fucking hilarious. This one's his brother, Scott, Sassy Scott. And they ju- and the one brother just fucks with the other brother, and it is fucking, dude. I'm gay, dudes. I wonder if I got pitched gay wrong. You got pitched it. Yeah. Who pitched gay to you? When I was a kid. They pitched it. Yeah. Like, hey, here's an idea. No, no. It's like <laughs> <laughs> they come into your office. <laughs> here's a presentation. We got a reel. We're gonna show you. The first. This time. is uh, <laughs> this is all about being gay. And it's just like a bunch of rainbows and guys like dancing together. The first time, do you remember the first time you heard about gay? I lived in San Francisco when I was seven, so I was around gay people at a very early age. Really? And yeah. did your mom pull you aside and explain it? Not that I remember. Someone must have explained it, um, but it was so normal to me. 
because uh, we moved from New Jersey to San Francisco when I was seven years old. And it was the height of the Vietnam War, the hippie movement. And uh, there was gay, we were in the gay neighborhood. It was gay. Everyone was gay. And so you'd see dudes holding hands. Or oh, yeah. Their, and- I was walking down the street with my stepfather and some guy cat called him. Really, it's hilarious. I was like, "Wow, this is crazy." Okay, so then let's 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 pick apart gay. So then, high school is when I think the most majority of homophobia, or at least for me, that's when I first ever heard homophobia. Yeah, is like is like uh, the f word or whatever. You know, I don't just I don't say it's trying not to say the bad words, but like, and but when I the first time I ever heard about gay was I was in a shower with my cousins and uh, and my cousin Jenny said, "Oh." These two guys, they're, they're our uncles, they're gay. I said, what's that? She goes, it's when two guys rub their dicks together. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh, okay, weird. The next time, one of, one of my uncles had AIDS, and another uncle said, you're not gay, are you? And I was like, I don't know. Tell me, I, think, I don't think I am. How old were you at the time? I must have been 10. Yeah, you're really getting pitched gay bad. You're right. Yeah. And they were like <laughs> <laughs> rubbing dicks together or getting AIDS. You're like, and I'm telling you, like, what? Am I gay? Yeah. What happened? It was, it was overwhelming. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and and I I know I'm straight because I saw Wonder Woman and I liked it. Oh, okay, that but, makes sense. But, but a like, lot of gay guys saw Wonder Woman and they wanted to be her. What about them? They liked uh, it too. I didn't mind being her also. Ooh. Yeah, like I, I back to latex. Yeah, well, <laughs> fucking <laughs> and quicksand porn and all that shit. Quicksand porn. Oh, you girls don't, get yeah. stuck in quicksand. You fuck them while they're I'm, stuck. No, you don't fuck them, Joe. You just watch them go under and stop talking. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's, it's 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 I I've you've never you've seen, have to have seen quicksand porn. No, come on. No, I thought you were talking about like stuck in the dryer porn. No, so no, because there's a lot of that stuck in the dryer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where girls I've pretend they, they bend over like, I can't get out of the dryer. Will you help me? And the guy's grabbing the girl's hips and trying to pull her. I don't know why I can't get you out here. I'm and she's ma- like, oh, my God, are you hard? I'll make my wife <sighs> look for my reading glasses under our bed, and she doesn't know why she's looking. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, I'm like, no, no, see if they're deeper under there. Keep going. Oh, that's funny. I'm like De Niro and Goodfellas. No, no, it's just around the corner. <laughs> they're the most unrealistic plots ever. A fucking dryer is so big. Yeah. How are you stuck? <laughs> Your so whole hot. your whole so body hot. goes into that dryer. How are you possibly stuck? This is oh, this is oh, quicksand porn. Hang on, stop, 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 stop. Hang on. This is the hold on. This is the fucking white whale of quicksand porn. Okay. Okay. So hold on. God damn it. So I didn't know this is a thing until right now. This so, is amazing. So your sexuality, whatever you like sexually, was imprinted on you at an age you don't remember and you don't know why. I, this is a theory I have. You have this own theory. This is my theory. Developed this theory because. Quicksand porn, I heard about it, and what had happened is we didn't get to see a lot of porn when we were kids because what porn wasn't out, but the only thing we got to see was the device plot. It was called quicksand because Cleopatra of the Nile had quicksand in it, so then all TV shows started throwing quicksand in it. What was Cleopatra of the Nile? Do you know is that, that a movie? Is that like Elizabeth It's like It's like the Taylor? first, it's like a big hit movie, and they had quicksand as a plot device. Quicksand it, was a thing in movies for a while. Oh, now, you know, now you know you're who getting did it. A, a, a whole special about it was uh, NPR. Oh. No, not NPR. No, uh, um, the, uh, Radio Lab. How, Radio Lab. Yeah. That's, how, that's where I first learned about this. Uh, They're called sinkers. People that are into quicksand <laughs> are called sinkers. Uh, and and so and, mm. and 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 you got imprinted sexually at a certain age. So like, say you're into Wonder Woman, like myself. I'm really into okay. Wonder Woman. Well, then I also don't mind a little bit of tying up because Wonder Woman got tied up. I don't mind a little that bit. A little of, lasso of truth. A little bit of costume. You like a lasso of truth. I love a lasso yeah, of truth. In your underwear, being told what to do. 
So, quick now. Now, what we're getting to is the this is the penultimate. Mm. This is can't believe you used that word. I'm not sure I used it right. I've never used that word. I've read know, it. I don't know what it means. Penultimate. I think it's like the fucking super ultimate. Right. It sounds like it. Right. Yeah. Okay, so Adventures is... of O-Girl, Struggle Sand with Christina Carter. Wow, so she's hot. She is hot, and she's got a costume on, which which imprints me from when I saw Wonder Woman. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So this lady's whole deal is she makes videos where she gets stuck in sand? Yeah. Oh, give me some volume. <laughs> oh, this is fucking cool. Hold on. No, there's something, there was like a, some dialogue. Here, something happened between her and the other girl before she walked in, Jamie. <laughs> The gig well, is hello, up. Oh, girl. Nice of you to drop by. <laughs> sure it is. What do you think of my new kitty box? <laughs> Very nice lady, but I'm taking you in. Oh, she's taking her in. She's a superhero. Yeah. Oh, darling, how are you going to take me in when you won't be going anywhere? Oh, yeah? Why is that? <laughs> because unbeknownst to you, my love. You're struggle sand. <laughs> struggle sand. Struggle sand. Now, mind you, Joe, look at the artwork in the back. Does that remind you a little bit of the Brady Bunch? A little bit. Yeah, yeah right? So this is all trying to imprint on the shit that oh. nostalgically reminds you of sex. Uh, this is my theory. The Brady Bunch reminds you of sex? Yeah, of course. Look at this. Like, she's in the sand. Yeah, the best part's coming up. When she pulls her tits out? Nope. When her tits hit the sand. Right, right here. When her tits hit the door. That's what's good. That's the best part of quicksand. You see a little areola on that right nipple. Am I right? Yeah. A little bit. You see the shadow. How do they get away with that on YouTube? She got some giant this ass isn't areolas. On this is not on YouTube. This is definitely oh. not on YouTube. <laughs> and now she's going under. So they wouldn't have this on YouTube. No, I'm not on YouTube. Is what I'm saying. Okay, but why couldn't this you have this part. on YouTube? This oh, that areola is full you're, bloom. You're talking over the best part. Look at that. <laughs> Am I the screaming? This is no the fucking the boobs in the sand are the thing. Oh, that's the thing. That's the thing. Look, and 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 they know how to milk the thing. Mm. Okay. And so all this is like they stop milking it. The shit you didn't pick that hits you, right? right? Like it, what, for whatever reason you're. So she die? <sighs> no, she just stopped talking. How does she get out of this? Yo, we don't want the suspense the whole thing. is we don't killing thing. me. <laughs> it's <laughs> gonna get up to her eyeballs. Only, Only time, time will, will tell. tell. That's it. She's good. Tune in next time. No, this is like a man, a woman-hating thing. It's no, like men it's who hate no, women. They want them to drown. They have other ones. No, no, no. Jeez. There's a bunch of them? The, well, the ones outdoors so just, are pretty fucking hot. So she just keeps sinking underwater? They're not all necessarily. Like, uh, there's a hundred of them. Oh, look at all these fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to Dana Knight. But look at all these fucking screenshots. It's all her sinking in sand. That's her whole game. Oh, there's the titties. There. Oh, go to that one. Quicksand Quick date. date. Yeah, look at that one. <laughs> That's a good so one. So that one, now she's got full bloom. Yeah, because she's gonna like, have to hide that from the general I'm public. Not, yeah, I'm not showing any of this. They have to look it up themselves. We've yeah. explained it well enough. Yeah, I believe so. So she's on a date. See, this one you just cut to, oh, my right God, where'd my sick. clothes go? Yeah. Is this the same lady? No. I don't think so. By the way, these are actually dangerous as fucking shit. What is? This is these quick, These quicksand ones. Um, That's not quicksand, That's buddy. not quicksand. That's no. just a hole she does. Just a hole. That's nonsense. She's just getting her tits dirty. Oh. Uh. That's not quicksand. But it's interesting that you don't have a choice on this stuff. This, the dominatrix told me this. Uh, you don't have a choice on the stuff that, you, that you're that you into. It's stuff that, in a weird way, you showed up, you walked into, and then that was playing on the TV, maybe? You know, have you ever heard of, like, I met a gay dude one time who said that he, uh, he, I, he, he didn't, he was, knew he was gay, but he didn't know why he was gay. 
Like, he, none of the shit showed up in his, in his, on the radar as a kid. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, he didn't have a lisp. He didn't... Yeah. Yeah, he didn't want to wear women's clothes. Didn't want, none of the shit showed up, and I was like, that's fucking crazy. Because I remember, I remember seeing Wonder Woman being turned on as a kid. I remember looking at Vogue magazine and going, and, and this is, sounds insane, but ha- being depressed, because I thought I may never get that girl, you know? Huh. You were depressed because you thought you may never get that girl. Yeah. Like, the, you'd see a beautiful woman in Vogue, and i go, I may never get her. That fucking bums me out. That She's very specific girl? Oh, I remember she was on a boat. So just because the magazines, like, seeing, seeing people that were represented in magazines. Yeah. Because nowadays, kids are on the spectrum of sexuality, and I, I'm not certain it's the same as when we were. Because, like... When we were, it was almost like we were. Well, we a lot were, is influenced by the zeitgeist for sure. Yeah, we were born, and I remember them, them talking about this. We were born straight or born gay. It wasn't a choice. I would argue now it's probably on the spectrum of choice for for kids. I think some people choose it. I think some people are curious, but I think a lot of people are just wait, born wait, gay. But hang on, because I, I, I would argue if you're curious you're gay that's how i was grew up yeah i think have you ever been curious are, no but i okay, think well, you said people that are quick. more open minded to it now especially girls it seems like girls are trying more lesbianism it's like when when things are accepted by society and not just accepted but actually celebrated sometimes people and there's no there's no like negative consequences i have a whole joke about it about girls doing gay stuff like no one cares but the the difference is that like you know, like LBGT rights or like, which which is so weird that they're all connected together, right? Um, but that people are trying to be more open-minded about stuff, so they're they're more uh, accepting of uh, what you used to call alternative lifestyles. You know, when I lived in uh, San Francisco, I went from San Francisco to Florida. Were you lived in Florida? Lived in Gainesville. Yeah. Wait, for yeah. real? Yeah, yeah. When? When I was eleven until I was thirteen. And then we moved to Boston. Wow. Yeah. So I lived in Gainesville. Oh, and you lived in Gainesville? Yeah. What got your mom to Gainesville? My uh, stepdad dad, was stepdad going brother. to college there. For yeah. real? Yeah. He was finishing up his degree there. Um, That's right around the time they were making Gatorade. I think so. Well, there was yeah. alligators there. I saw alligators all the fucking time. Lake up. Alice. You know where Lake Alice is, right? Of course. Dude, yeah. I have, a, th- I have, a, I have a, a bit I've been trying to work out about... Um, about I, I tried to do it last night a little bit on stage... About growing up in Florida, there's so many predators that you grow yeah, up a little bit I saw you afraid. Talking about that, about the drafts, that was very funny. Uh, no one it's got not, the no, joke. No, no, no. There's something more to that. There's something sure. more to it. But like, in, yeah. so like, when we were in Hawaii, I was with in Hawaii with my girls, and we were with this Hawaiian guy, and he was very casual and then very loose. And I said, the guy seems like he has no anxiety. And Isla, my youngest, goes, Yeah, they have no snakes here, Dad. That's, imagine if you grew up without snakes. Oh yeah. And then I was like, Well, oh, yeah. Florida now, dude. Florida is. Infested, fucking pythons, yeah. rattlesnakes, moccasins, uh, uh, alligators, lightning. I mean, the shit I grew up. Iguanas, sexual predators. When I was a kid, is when Adam Walsh got kidnapped. Mm. So I grew up with terror. Every I never once went water skiing and fell in the water and was like, oh, "That was fun." You kept your feet up and you're like, "I'm good. Come get me. Get me the fuck out of the water." Because yeah, there's fucking fuck dinosaurs that, that will eat you. I would never go water skiing in Florida. We you're did out it of your every fucking mind. fucking day, dude. Fuck that. Fuck that. When I lived in Florida, some I remember clearly. Some lady was walking her dog and the dog got jacked. 
by an alligator. There was, was when a... I was a little kid, and they were still protected back then. Yeah. My point was, when I went from San Francisco, where I lived in San Francisco, my next door neighbor was this gay couple, and my aunt, who was staying with us at the time, used to go next door and smoke pot and play bongos with the gay guys. They would all get naked, and they would be playing bongos together, and she loved the fact that she'd get naked with these gay guys, and they didn't care about her, because they were gay. Yeah. And so it was like completely normal to me to be around gay people. Then I went to Gainesville, and I was friends with this Cuban kid, and his, <laughs> his, his, dad, his dad was so mad because they were trying to give people uh, gay marriage. And he like, I remember he threw the newspaper down on the kitchen table, He's like, I can't fucking believe this. They want to get fucking married. And I was like, what do you care? It was, it was so weird to me that I was 11 years old. And then I realized in that moment, like, oh, oh, there's something. And I realized this at 11. There's some things that distract people and that you think are important, but they're not. They're just like cultural beach balls that get tossed around at a concert where people just throw a thing around it. it. It fucking means nothing to you. The only people that it should matter to are the gay people that want to get married. But to this guy, who's a married guy with a kid who is my friend, yeah. his kid was my buddy, and I'm over his house, to him, gay people getting married was like, what the fuck? He was so mad, threw the newspaper down. The fuck is this? And I was like, wow, you got distracted. Like you're you're getting distracted by something that doesn't mean anything. Like why would you care at all? Oh, it's how they do. Uh, it's it's how everything. They, it's how they no. It's how they do prank shows. The, the, someone explains to me the way to prank someone is to make them think they're watching the prank. To to when you distract the person being pranked and go you're watching the prank, then that's how you prank them. Like it's 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 what you're saying. It's 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 the same way you get pickpocketed is they. They hit they you with one thing. You. They right. hit you with one thing while they do the other thing. Mm. So what that is is this guy's getting pickpocketed. He's getting distracted by the bump, gay marriage. When, yes. the, when the government's coming at him from the other way, going, "Now that we got you there, let's talk about the thing we really brought you to talk about." Well, that, that's the thing we want to change your mind on. I don't even know if it's that calculated that the government does it in a calculated manner. I think it's a human nature thing. I think human beings naturally distract themselves with nonsense. That it's a it's a common characteristic, and that that leads to distraction. It leads to procrastination. It leads to being unfulfilled in your life. You get trapped and super hyper focused on things, to the point where you you're not even thinking about the important things in your life. Yeah, but I, I do that on a negative way. Like that's why I don't fuck with comments or or. Uh... Of course, everybody does. Yeah, but comments would would fuck me up, and then I had to get off it entirely. I yeah. had to hire someone because I go. I remember why. I remember. I think I told you this. I apologize if I'm telling you it again. I went back into the comments one time, one fucking time this last year. One time I read a comment, <laughs> and it was fucking Louis J. Gomez posted a video about Brendan Schaub, and and I didn't like. It bothered me because I like Brendan. He's a fucking sweet guy, and. uh but, you know, Curious Bird's like, I wonder what the comments say. So I go into the comments, like going, like, I, I should be safe here, right? The first comment is, you know Burt Kreischer's reading these comments. <laughs> and I'm like, motherfucker, I'm not even safe in these comments. Yeah. Like, so I don't fuck with comments because it would ruin a day, a great day that I had at home. It would ruin a day if someone, one guy who threw a Molotov cocktail 
into my business. Yeah. He, he was already on to the next business. He's pro, he's a he's a fucking marcher. He's throwing Molotovs in everyone's fucking comments. But it would fuck my day up, and I was like, I don't, I can't give that guy that power. No, you shouldn't. And also, you should recognize that what it is is a, an incredible look. It's there's good and bad, and you can't get around the bad to get the good. Yeah. It's not like you could eliminate all the negative comments in order to get what's interesting about the internet. What the what's interesting about the internet is freedom. You would have done the same thing if you were 17 years old and you had a Twitter account. I would have done the same thing. If I've I done found it. I've out, done it. Yeah. I've done it. I did it to fucking Bourdain one time. What'd you do? I fucking dumb cunt self. Saw him on a picture of a private jet. He took a picture on a private jet and I was like, I fucking said something shitty like and by the way, I, I used it in my own account, and I just said something shitty. And then someone hit me up, and they were like, hey, man, if you were on a private jet, wouldn't you take a picture? And I was like, and I, and then they sent me a picture of me on a private jet taking a picture of myself. And I was like, oh, fuck, I did the exact same thing I'm being shitty about. And Bourdain was one of my heroes. But I guess I, I looked at it. He was a hero of mine because so, I was a travel channel at the time. It's a Twitter thing, too. The, it's the virtue signal aspect of Twitter that some people find just uh, irresistible yeah it's a it's a gross thing it's disgusting this, I, I i block people sometimes like uh like i told you i got back on the twitter because your fucking goddamn tweet your goddamn fucking <laughs> thing hit me up at uh what was my name oops i did it asian uh that's my twitter handle oops i did it what asian asian yeah i was trying to say oops i did it again and i misspelled it and oh, it came Jesus out asian Christ. and i said and it was available so i took it <laughs> So hit me up. Uh, so I, I don't remember what I was saying. I don't remember what you're saying for sure. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Have I ever said anything important? Chinese robot dick sucking machines that aren't oh, really. I got onto Chris Rock's okay. uh, because I, I, the one thing I missed about Twitter was the the news. The news feed is pretty good on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, the news feed's great. So I, I've, only person I follow is Elon Musk, and so I, I fucking look, and it's Chris Rock's trending. And I obviously reason one of the, if not the reason I got into stand up, one of the two reasons. And I saw people commenting negative about his special, and I just went on on this "Oops, I did it" Asian podcast, and I blocked them because they don't know it's me. I go fuck you. I don't ever want to hear what you say ever again. You don't like the thing I don't like. Fuck you. And mm. I blocked all these people that said negative shit about Chris Rock. It felt so good. I don't mind people saying negative shit about things. I like. I like to know how people think. Mm. If people are thinking different. It's interesting. It's not, I don't agree with them. You know, I've heard people say, uh, I, I heard people talking shit about Chris's special, and they were talking shit about how he was calling out Jada and, and Will and all that. Like, come, shut the fuck up. If anybody should be doing that, it's him. You want to talk about that's humiliating? What do you think it's like getting slapped in front of the whole world on, on the Oscars? But if anything that's great for us as stand-ups, that reignited Chris Rock. Yeah, reignited the old Chris Rock that doesn't give a fuck. That's not trying to be a movie star. I think when those people clapped for Will Smith, I think that was like him realizing, like, this isn't my team. What the fuck am I doing with these people? And what what I identify with about this the Chris Rock slap was, I don't think anyone realizes, and I apologize if this is not the life Chris had, but Chris is a smaller dude growing up in Brooklyn. Yeah, when Brooklyn was Brooklyn. Yeah, you know there were guys that took liberties with him as a, as a young guy 100 percent. how you become a comedian I, i've been slapped i've told you about a few slaps but i've been slapped a bunch 
and I didn't do anything. And what you do is you end up being the guy laying in bed and you can't go to sleep because you're destroying that person in your head. And mm. that's how you deform a comic's brain. So when he did that, that was the actual watching of what turned Chris into a comic, return him into a comic. Wow. I didn't even look at it that that's way. What, that's all I saw was like, yeah, man, that's all of us that where the bigger guy got to take advantage of the little guy. Yeah. And then we became comics and they go, don't worry, don't worry. One day, one day, I'm going to destroy you when you can't handle it. I, dude, I'm, that definitely happened to me. Uh, and I, that's why I root for that guy. Mm. Yeah, I got picked on and I just learned how to fight. You're a different dude. I was like, okay, I got to solve this problem. Yo, like, this you need to fun. understand no one's like you. And I know that you think everyone's like you. No one's like you. That's why I want to write a self-help book. No one can be you. No one can be uh. you, right? But everyone can be like me. <laughs> I don't know if everyone can be like everyone you. Everyone has an opportunity. I don't think everyone can keep up with you partying. It's not, you, you're not normal. Like, whatever your appetite for alcohol and your ability to digest it, the fact that it was only fucked up by blood pressure medication, it's f insanity. People drinking half as much would be dead. I think I, I think people misremember how much I drink. Like when you mis hear this, when you I've hear this story, there, people are going to go, "He drank this whole bottle." No, I no, did not not, not today. Not. But I've been with you when oh, you yeah. go down. Oh, you don't think it makes me seethe inside to watch you guys do protect my parks and go, "Let me drink with those motherfuckers." <sighs> you want to see people throw up? <laughs> you want to see private videos of people throwing up on tables? I'll show you private videos. That's not necessarily what protect our parks is about. Oh, oh, it's not oh, about on, just on. getting fucked up, Bert. Hold on, hold on. It's about interesting conversations amongst friends. You know, it's, it's not all about the, the drugs. It's the best part. Last time I was these, doing whippets. These two, mo uh, these two motherfuckers wearing sunglasses and uh, and drinking. I love. You know, those are my those are my four favorite people to drink with. You, Shane, Ari, and Mark are my four favorite people to drink with. If Ari had never drugged me, we would have the best fucking life. Well, you got to let that go. I, I can't let it go. Leanne can't let it go. I, I let it go, but I can't have him on fucking fully loaded. You know how much I'd love, how great would Ari Shafir Your wife be won't on? let you have him on fully loaded? No. My daughter's- Ari, you, it's time to send flowers. I wish, I wish Ari had any, I love you, Ari. I love you. I wish he had any accountability in his life. Even- Maybe he will now that he's more successful. Life is like shined upon him. I, w I would love- Ari, I, I, I'm in New York Flowers this week. Flowers and chocolates. Ari Shafir, I'm in New York. <laughs> I'm in New York this week promoting my special Razzle Dazzle streaming right now on Netflix. Ari, do me a favor. I'll hit up Ari privately. Take, look at that guy. Look at that watch. <laughs> Take what? Look at that shoulder, Joe. That's a fucking legit breast and shoulder. What are you saying? I see the good parts of my okay, body. Okay, okay. Right. I was, what are you saying about Ari? What do you want him to do? I want, I want him to make fucking good with my wife. How's he, that going to be possible? Because he, well, it's what impossible. What would he have to do? It's impossible. It's impossible because Ari, I love him. Maybe he you'd have to have, do Molly with your wife. No. He but doesn't have the ability. The they would let it go. He doesn't have the ability to see past his fuck up because he's never been married, so he never had to compromise with people. So for Ari, when you're a bachelor, my dad told me this, when you're a bachelor for long enough, you, you end up becoming set in your ways where the only player, person you have to make happy is yourself. And so you make sure that that guy's taken care of first. When you get married, and I'm sure you can understand this, you start realizing my wants and needs are part of a team's wants and needs. Mm -hmm. And so I need to make sure everyone's happy. So you learn compromise at an age, where, at an age usually where then you learn to compromise with everybody. Like you, 
you text me at, at, and go, hey, can we do 130? Maybe a broken guy goes, fine, and gets upset. I go, yeah, of course, buddy. I get it. I get it. I know your life. I know well, you probably woke up late because we were out late. You got to walk the dog. You got to play with the dog. You got to work out. And I, I understand that. I had already apologized to Leanne one time. He wrote something shitty about Georgia on Instagram, and, and it was it was mean, and and it fucked up our vacation, and, and, I, and Leanne hated him. And I said, trust me, he knows he's wrong. And I said, and I, we at Tom's house, me and Tom set it up. It was and and we let Leanne and Ari go into a, the kitchen, and we all went outside. And we're like, I told Ari, all you got to do is apologize, just apologize, just apologize, no questions, just apologize. Say you're sorry. She'll understand it. Please, Ari. Everyone loves you. Everyone loves you. Leanne came out of that kitchen and goes, Ari is broken as fuck. And Ari walked out behind her and goes, how can I apologize? It was a joke. It was a joke. And I was like, God damn it, Ari, you could have. And then then Leanne forgave him. Forgave him because she's married. She knows what it's like. I want this. I wish this was past us. I don't think it will. You know, the drugging thing. Because I would love to have him on Fully Loaded. He would be the perfect. I think it's probably better he's not. You think? Yeah. It's like, let it go. If he's not one to apologize for a joke about your daughter, <laughs> how's he going to apologize for the drugging you? It's like, he just won't. He's, maybe, he's just sorry. Maybe, right. maybe that's why you like Keep him. Keep him away from your family. Yeah, it's like it's like, it's like like Slash used to connect poisonous yeah. snakes. <laughs> I'm not taking Ari on vacation. Like, hey, Ari, why don't you come with me and my family on vacation? You know what disaster that would be? <laughs> Ari's doing acid by the pool. You're like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I am. Like, Dad, what's wrong with your friend? Oh, my friend's on acid. Why is he making out with his dog? <laughs> he tongue kisses with his dog. He tongue kisses with his dog. What the fuck is wrong with you? He's that? the best. The best is when people don't know him that work with me, and then they'll hear me talk on the phone with Ari. Or like P- Pete, my assistant Pete you met last night. Yeah. Uh one night we all hung out, Ari was with us, and then Ari leaves and he goes, oh, I get why you like that guy. I go, yeah. There's like, there's like, it's, it's a poisonous snake. It's a, it's a beautiful animal. He's <laughs> <laughs> a poisonous snake. Ari's awesome. He's I've been friends best. with Ari since he was a door guy. I was friends with him when he was like first starting out at the comedy store. It's like young guy in his 20s. Just, just got here from, I guess he got here from Maryland. I think he's Jerusalem. Where's the, that? Are we doing uh, tequila now? What is that? I is have that no tequila? idea. Los Sundays? Yeah. They really put Get it. in there, sir. Um, I love Ari. I miss Joey. Yeah, I miss Joey, too. Got to fly Joey out for this club. Is he coming out? Yeah, I got to figure out when. When to have him come out. See what he's doing. You know, I know he's been doing some stand-up in, uh, in New Jersey. Really? But yeah, it's like, it's the same thing that I was saying about Theo. Like, you got to have your tribe. Like... When you're alone by yourself in some city, even if you're doing stand-up, it's like you're missing the hang. That's a big part of what we do is the hang. That's why last night was so fun. That's why all those people that weren't even on the show came by to hang out. You know, like Ron me, came by, Tim Dillon came by, Adrian came by. I'll tell you the other part. You you don't get this often. I got it last night. Is when you're the fifth most famous person in a room. You're not the most famous person in the room. So what sucks, I don't mean it sucks, but like what sucks currently for me is that I don't get to sit and listen and and and, and drink it in. Mm. It's like I'm sitting with you, Jim, Ron, Tony Hinchcliffe's in there, Mark Smalls is in there. We're all in there 
but mostly, and Mark Small's texting me this morning, he's like, it was fun watching you listen. Hold that thought. I got to piss again. God damn it, fun Joe. Fun watching you listen. I'm super hydrated right now. God I've never felt better. <laughs> Is my cum affected by testosterone? We'll find out. I didn't come a lot today. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what um, were we talking about? We were talking about, you were talking about being, uh, the, that you were listening, because it was a, such a hang. Oh, so fucking Because there's so many people. I get stuck in rooms, uh, I get stuck in rooms where, I, where I'm the person that, uh, that sold the arena, right? Or, or like sold the movie or did the thing. And so I find myself, and I find it gross, I find myself talking. Or in LA, I'll talk to a lot of comics, and then they'll go... Like comics, I respect. They'll go like, uh, so tell me what can I, I can do to grow my podcast, or or uh, or tell me what to do with the podcast, or or this thing. I, I don't mean this arrogant. I just mean it as like a, a self awareness. Is last night, Mark Smalls texted me this morning. He said it's fun being there and fun listening. And I was like, yeah, man, I don't listen anymore because I got to a place where, I got to a place where maybe I'm I'm, I'm not putting myself in the room. I put myself in rooms where I talk a lot. That, and I'm a natural talker. I talk a lot, but it was fun last night, like listening to you. You talked a lot last night. I don't Me? know what the fuck you're saying. I didn't talk at all. You, you were there. Jamie, did I talk a lot? Jamie, he was uh, talking a lot. Not a lot. No, no, I don't know. No, I'm just, I'm just fucking around. <laughs> just fucking around. <laughs> no, it's fun. Look, the hang is the best part, man. Well, that's the thing. Is, it's the is hang. What you get to listen is... to Ron White tell stories and get, you know listen to Jim Norton. It was fucking amazing. I got to meet Adrian last night. That was the first time meeting her. She's fucking Adrian funny. She's fucking funny. She's great. She's very funny. She tore, she's really funny. Yeah, she's very funny and cool to hang with. She probably, she did some woke show, she said. She said they weren't really into it. <laughs> Are there woke shows? <laughs> I don't know. It's South by Southwest. Oh, you yeah. You know, like, you're connected to a lot of tech people and very strange entertainment people. It's like you're dealing with the people that clapped when Will Smith won the Oscar. It's like the same, those people, there's these like untethered humans, mm. non-artists, these untethered non-artists. I had a dude come on my podcast and uh, I said something horrible and he laughed and it was bad and he laughed and we all laughed and then he was like, hey, can you take out me laughing? I was like, Whoa. that's not how that works. I, I took it out. I took it out because I don't want, you know, I, I want everyone to feel comfortable. That's funny. But that's fucked up. Yeah. That's when when you start. People the, get scared. It was the beauty of watching. I, t I know I've told you this, but watching Georgia. You know, Georgia. My girls have only Georgia and Island. We were on fully loaded last year. They only know Joey as Uncle Joey, like a legit Uncle Joey. Right. Uncle Joey came every Easter, every Christmas, every time we had a barbecue, any party. He came home with his wife and his daughter. They only know him as Uncle Joe, like a legit Uncle Joey. Right. And then Joey Diaz goes on stage, and and does Joey like. Aggressive. I mean, I'm talking. Yeah. And Georgia would, I'd watch her put her hand to her mouth and go, I didn't mean to laugh at that. I go, uh... baby. I go, that's your uncle up there. Like, that's, that's fucking, that's who he is. That's who you love. But more importantly, I go, laughter's, you can't stop it from, it makes you laugh. From what, what, that's the surprise of laughter is the beauty of laughter. Yeah, you can't be upset about laughing, especially when your dad's a fucking comedian. It's ridiculous. I think it's, well, I think those these kids these days, they get into this mindset of, like, be on the right side of history. Yeah, that's turning the other way, man. Let me tell you something. That's turning the other way. It's, uh, it's oh, this interesting. Is nice. This kids, is really nice. Kids are getting very upset with the woke shit, and now it's going the other way. And the cool kids are like... 
they're they're not buying it anymore. It's like it's interesting. It's interesting to watch like teenagers now. My daughter has teenage friends and the way they talk. And I don't think it's just her friends. I think there's a trend. I think it's like a cultural thing. Like things shift one way where everybody tries to get really woke and then people go, hey, that's fucking annoying. And then they go back to just being silly and having fun and just getting to realize that it's okay to joke around about things. Yeah. It's okay to have fun. And they're like, not everything is about social justice and the climate. Oh, we got to preserve the climate. You know, we have to talk about it constantly on phones made by slaves. Like, the, just the nonsense and the hypocrisy where the banks burn. Like, all of it is ridiculous. Like, there's so... It's, again, it's the gay marriage thing. There's so many fucking distractions that people have. There's yeah. cultural distractions. There's social distractions. There's financial distractions. There's, like, so much while you're just living for a very short amount of time. Very short. And it Look goes at Carly Simon. Old as fuck now. Look how hot she was when she was young. And that doesn't last. It doesn't last. You on the cover of that Netflix special, that's as good as it gets, buddy. From here on out, it's all downhill. I'm cool with that. Are you? Yeah. No, you're not. I never, that's why I you're never on peptides. Never Come on, yeah. son. Let's get back to where we weren't to be long. Yeah. I want it to last forever. Oh. I want to fake my death once. Well, you think you don't die. I had a conversation with Bert once. I'll tell you folks about this. Bert goes, I don't think you die. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, prove it. Prove it. How do you know you die? I don't think I die. It's a great. Faith. I think I just keep going. Yeah. And I go, well, Bert, what do you think when all these people are dying? He goes, eh, not me. It's never been me yet. <laughs> I've been at funerals going, that way. that's not me up there. That's true. But that's a very wait, the, limited way. Up? That's how a German shepherd would look at death. <laughs> Marshall seems pretty fucking happy. <laughs> He's pretty happy. Marshall seems pretty fucking happy. Do you think Marshall thinks about death? Or do he you think... definitely does not think about death, but delivering death to squirrels. Yeah, I got he, that energy. That sweet dog is the the squirrel murderer. That's what his favorite fucking pastime is. <laughs> you think? I would love to. I would love to. I would love to introduce him to one of my two dogs, and see if they go. Hey, who's your dad? Yeah. Uh, I oh my dad does comedy too. I don't think they do that. You, do you think they'd have? Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. They probably just about? check each other for dominance. They sniff each other's dicks, and then they they spin around and growl at each other and try so, to figure out who's the boss. So what's your alternative? Louis said this to me. He said it just goes black one day. Well, that's, he doesn't know be, that. That can't be the alternative. He doesn't know that. Not only that, there's a lot of evidence that that's not the case. Mm. There's uh, preach. I want to hear this. Well, first of all, there's bizarre chemical doorways in your brain. Your brain produces psychedelic chemicals that. We, we don't understand. And there's a study right now. One of the things that Graham Hancock was talking to me about recently was that there's a study that's going Graham on. Graham Hancock has a great thing on fucking Netflix. Oh, it's amazing. He's yeah. a guy that I heard his name a bunch because of you. Didn't know what the fuck he did. Yeah. Like I knew he was a thing, but I didn't know he was a thing thing. I keep fucking up the name, but it's Ancient Apocalypse, right? Yeah, Ancient it's Apocalypse. Fucking, it's very good. It's really good. But this is the culmination of uh, Graham's life work. I mean, I found out about his original book, Fingerprints of the Gods, in the 90s. And I remember reading it and uh, people were, like, ridiculing it, saying, oh, that's preposterous. That's pseudoscience. Everything in that book has now been proven to be true. 
all of it, all of his his hypothesis, and now it's correlated with uh, data that shows about these asteroid impacts. And so Randall Carlson and him teaming together. So Randall's an expert on these comet yeah. impacts and the uh, the impact that it had in the Younger Dryas impact theory. And then Graham is an expert on these ancient civilizations. And so the two of them together have put together this very, very fascinating timeline of the rebirth of human civilization, which is around 11,800 years ago, that we got fucking rocked and it reset the earth. But he was talking about this and he was talking about, um, on the last podcast we did, he was talking about these studies that are doing, they're doing out of a university in England where they're doing a slow drip DMT um, experience with these people. And because they're doing it for hours and hours, they do a slow drip where they're con they keep them in this state, Whoa. which is normally a very transient state. Well, because you hit it with a fucking pipe. Yeah. Normally. Yeah, yeah, normally. So there's no regulating how much you get. Right. So this, because it's an IV, because it's coming in a drip, it's like constant and continuous. And these people are going to the same place and they're having repeatable experiences. So instead of having like a 15-minute DMT trip, which is a lot of people have that's like overwhelming, you can't even figure out what's going on, then it's over. Instead of that, you're going to the exact same place over and over and over again and getting more and more comfortable with it and coming back with very similar stories. Really? So, yeah, it's a repeatable environment where they're encountering entities and they're trying to map it. So these people are doing these long-term studies with long-term experiments, meaning like not a 15-minute term, but like a, not a 15-minute trip, but multiple hours at a time. And they're coming back with like a map of the territory. So the, the, this is the concept. The theory that many people have is that death opens up a chemical gateway in the mind. And that chemical gateway takes whatever the soul is, whatever consciousness is, and transports it into this new realm. It allows you, your conscious mind, to access this new realm, which is available to you upon death. And so a lot of the ancient cultures that did ayahuasca and, all, and, and mushrooms, they would talk about this realm as being like a well of souls that you encounter disembodied life forms, disembodied spirits. And this has been, uh, it's been a staple of so many religions. There's so many religions that talk about the afterlife. I mean, I get that you would want to come up with something like that just because you wanted to have some sort of a reason to keep going with the rational mind when you're dealing with the existential angst of a temporary existence and one day you're just going to be worm food what's the point of it all why don't i end it now yeah. it's too much life is to, to live is to suffer no there's something waiting for you when it's over and this is like the, that's the carrot at the end of the stick so a lot of people think well i'm too smart for that fucking carrot like no 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 life is suffering life is pointless and it goes black so, one day it's like what Bourdain did to himself. It's like there's like this romantic notion that some people have that to end this depressing thinking is like to just to do it, just to end your own life is the best way to just get through this. But they don't know. They don't know. Like you don't know that you just go black. You have no idea. They don't. And to know. say that is so foolish. Just to think of the fucking complexity of the universe itself. 
just the the vast scope of it and now with this james webb telescope they're starting to like look at galaxies that don't even make sense like how is this galaxy so formed and it's so far away like is the is the universe older than we think it is like there's all this new speculation now because of new data to think that you know what happens to you when you die is dumb it's dumb. You don't. You're you right. cannot know. This, I thought be this was getting me a panic attack, and now I'm feeling better about myself. Yeah, to be I don't think it ends. I don't think it ends either. I just don't think it ever ends. I think the real fear is not that it doesn't end. The real fear is that it never ends. The real, like, imagine if you have to live your life over and, oh, over, and over 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 again. Forever. Could you do it? Doesn't that a freak out? Isn't it interesting? Listen to this. Okay. Last night. Yeah. Didn't we have a great time? I had a blast. Time. Hadn't seen you in forever. It was a really great we hug. Dude, what's up? Have a couple of cocktails. And I for me, I'm a manager of a club now. I'm like walking around. I didn't even perform. Get to hang I just out. got to hang out. Get to hang out in Mitzi's room and, and have a oh, real we talk went to for like have a nice third. dinner. Oh. Wouldn't you want to do that forever and ever yep. and ever yeah. and ever? Yeah, 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 yeah. But can you? Yep. This is the thought. Imagine like for some people that makes them freak out. This idea that you would live your life, the life that you have right now, forever. And you would just keep going back and doing it all again would, until you get it right. I would, I would, I would love it. I had a dream one time that I went back in time to college. I went, I traveled in time, and I realized I was traveling in time. And I said to my roommate, I, Hutch, I said, uh, "I'm from the future. I came back." <laughs> and he goes, "Oh shit! So what are like? Uh, what are you going to change?" I said, "Well, nothing. I, it was great." And he was like, "Ooh." So you have to do all the same stupid shit you did, and you have to do all the same mistakes to get to where you are today. And I was like, oh, fuck. I don't get to go back in time and fuck more chicks. I got to fuck the same chicks. <laughs> I was like, god damn it. And then well, I, that was the, panicking. Um, imagine if you just have the exact same experiences over and over again, just you figure out how to make better decisions with each time. Maybe that's the wisdom of an old soul. Yeah, but if it's like Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day, he ends unhappy. But if you end up happy, I he, yeah, he ended up happy. But no, but he ends up happy in the movie because he was unhappy in real life. Right, I'm happy in real life. So in order to be happy in real life, I have to make the same mundane choices every single day. But are they mundane? No, I mean no. It's not. It's not that they're mundane. It's they're just not mundane. like you're always if you're trying to be better at anything in life, you're always trying to think, why did I do that, or why I should have done this, but I, why I, did I tweet at Bourdain that way? But I couldn't have. I couldn't have started stand up earlier, which I think in hindsight I would love to have started stand up earlier. But I would have had to wait. And start at 26. Yeah, but why? Why not? Like you, then you have 26 years of life before you start, which is probably better. Which was better. I think better. my first few years of stand-up were nonsense. I'm very yeah. lucky that I, I was got into stand-up later in life. I'm, I'm yeah. glad that I got success later in life. I'm glad everything happened to me when it did. But I do wonder, like those chances that you didn't take, that you go, I wonder what would have happened. Yeah. I wouldn't if you want to if you want to get to where you are today, you got to make the same choices. Yes. Like uh, like uh, one of my regrets and obviously not because it's not a regret. So I'm happy where I am today. But I would have loved to have worked at the comedy store. I remember telling you this one time. We as said, a doorman? No, no. I would have loved to have not as a doorman. I would have liked to have tried put myself out there and tried to get past at the comedy store earlier in life. I remember saying this to you and I don't know if you remember this. We were both drunk. We were out on the patio at the store and you said, yeah, we wouldn't be friends. I said, really? And you go, yeah. I don't think, I don't think we would have been friends. And I, and I thought to myself, we wouldn't have been. Because I would have gotten involved with Coke. I know I would have. I would have gotten involved with Coke. I would have never met Leanne. I would have never had kids. I would have never become 
who I was to be the guy. Why did I say we would never be friends? Uh, I think you probably remember. No, I'm not. That I'm not misremembering it. I remember. I can tell you where you were sitting. Maybe I was joking. No, that doesn't doesn't seem like I would say it that way. I, but I took it as you. I took it as 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 you were accurate. Had I started at the comedy store, I would have gotten involved in probably the wrong side of comedy. Uh, I might have. I know I would have gotten involved with Coke. I loved Coke. Yeah. So what? So did Joey. Yeah, but I don't think I would. I don't know if I have that. I don't have. Joey's got the Oprah gene, where he can go through the shit and come out on the other side, lose his mom at thirteen and yeah. come out winning. Joey's well, got Joey. Uh, he also had like friends that loved him. You know, like when Joey was uh, in the, the the cocaine days. That's when I started taking extra opening acts on the road with me in case Joey didn't show up. <laughs> It was like how Ari got a job because I used to have just one guy that had taken the road with me and then Joey didn't show up sometimes. And so I said, okay, I got to bring someone else. So if Joey shows up, it's a three man show. Yeah. If Joey doesn't show up, it's just me and Ari. <laughs> that's, that's how Ari started going on the road with me. We were on uh, we were on fully loaded and uh, uh, everyone ate mushrooms one night and we, it was like big arena show. Everyone was fucking feeling it. Joey murdered. Ham and and was a and I I, par, I apologize, Joey, if I'm misremembering this. Joey's the first one to start handing out mushrooms to everyone. Yeah, that sounds like Joey. Why would you be mis- misremembering? I just that? you know I, I'm I'm careful with the stories I tell about people these days. Oh yeah. And well. so uh, four in the morning, we're all in our bunks, and someone opens my curtain, and they're like, "Hey, the mushrooms didn't kick in well with Joey. It's time to pull a car over." And I shut my curtain. I go, "I am not the one dealing with Joey." So you guys were in the bus? In the bus. And, fucking, and Joey wanted to pull the bus over? We did pull the bus over. And we pulled Whoa. the bus over. And and he's kinda... laying out on the grass, staring at the sky. Wrong day, cocksucker. I'm not in this bus. He goes up, my my dr- bus driver, Ron. <laughs> Wrong day, cocksucker. I'm God, not on this bus. I got to get the fuck out of here, Bert Kreischer. Uh, uh, this isn't happening. We get, Give me a hotel room. So we pulled the bus over, we found him a hotel room, got him a hotel room, got him a ride to the venue the next day. How far was the venue from where you're driving? Joe, I could not tell you. I could not tell How you. How many hours were you in a... We usually a, drive six hours a night, four hours so a night. So he pulls over in the middle of the drive yeah. and says, no, I'm on mushrooms, get me a hotel room. Mushrooms in a in a bunk, and I think it was making a motion sick. Oh, Jesus Christ. And, and he's on mushrooms, and he's got a sleep apnea machine. It's yeah. like he's in, you ever see that Chris Pratt movie where he sits in the time capsule, and they go to space, and his opens early? Yeah. <laughs> Joey's opened early. <laughs> I think the bus would be fun in between hotels. I do not think sleeping on the bus would be fun because oh. sleep is very important. I yeah. value sleep. Well, you're I value right. you're right. restorative sleep. You're right. It's yeah. not good for sleep. Not good. Not. And if you're doing a lot of shows and you're partying and you're not getting sleep, that's a recipe for disaster. Ah, Look you'd you, love it, Joe Rogan. Nope, you'd love wouldn't. it. Nope. Joe. You and I are different things. Mm, it's kind of the same. Kind of in some way. We have so many similarities. It's a lot of crazy. similarities, but we're different things in terms of like how we, we take care of our, our physical vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to do it now. I am. I've always done it. <laughs> I've done it since I was 15. <laughs> do you take days off from working out? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I take a day off every now and then. I take a day off. Yeah. Sometimes. I just decide if I don't feel good. But I know if I'm being a pussy, you know? And yeah. one of the ways I know is how tired I get in the sauna, which is interesting. You know, so wait, when I get really tired in the sauna, I know something's or, going on. I don't tired. get tired in the sauna. I get like, it, I can feel it. 
I can feel it going like, I don't got much more in me. Yeah. It's well, not tired, though. It's um, struggle, whatever it is. It's um, That's how I know. It's one of the ways that I know that I'm feeling bad, other than working out. Like, when I'm working out, I can really tell. Like, in the middle of COVID, like, my whole family had COVID. Uh, my, my one daughter got it first, and then my wife got it, and then my, my second daughter got it. And uh, I never got it. But I was working out, and they were saying, you're going to get it, you're going to get it. I didn't have a mask on. I was hugging them. Like, oh, my God, Daddy, stop hugging me. I have COVID. I was laughing. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to get it. But uh, I went to work out, and when I was working out, I was like, whoa, I feel my body fighting this. It was interesting because I work out so much. I was doing this. uh, I have this circuit that I do with kettlebells, and I started the circuit, and I do a warm-up where I just warm up with uh, 35-pound swings. And uh, I do sw- 10 swings each arm. Then I do ke- 10 clean and presses. So I'm doing the 10 swings, and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. I'm like, what's happening here? And I'm like, why do I feel, like, diminished? And then I realize, like, oh, this is my immune system trying to fight this off. So this was probably, like, a Thursday or something like that. And I had the whole weekend um, where I didn't have any podcast. Um, so I was wondering. I was like, okay, well, when I get tested – on Monday morning, I wonder if I'm going to be positive. Like this is interesting. Never got it. Really, but but I knew it was coming because of the way I felt working out. I was like, I know, I knew it was on the back door. But then I got a bunch of vitamins. I did the vitamin IV drip. I did an NAD drip, and I never got COVID. But that same feeling, if I get that now, I know I never push through it. Never push through it. Really? Yeah, because I know when I'm being a bitch, and I know when something's wrong. And that was, when I was doing the swings, I was like, something's wrong. Like, you know your body like that. Yeah, I was like, something's off here. But it's because I take care of it. That's it. And so, like, when I get in the sauna, that's how I know if I'm run down. If I get in the sauna and, like, I'm looking at my watch, like, 15 minutes in, I'm like, fuck, those last five are rough. Yeah. That's what I know. Like I'm, I'm wear worn out right now. Maybe we we go real light today if I work out. Maybe take it easy. You know? I've had COVID. I think six times. I thought you said seven today. I think seven. <laughs> well, so I, I, I'm always. Isla says seven. I've had I've had it every time you can get it, mm. and I can tell you when I get. I can tell you when. I, I mean, I should be a doctor now. I can tell you when I get COVID. I can tell you what it feels like. Well, don't you think some of that has to do with this schedule that you were just talking about, like being on the tour bus, not getting good sleep, drinking all the time, traveling from city to city like that? Oh, yeah. That? Oh, it's, it's, it, it's right? entirely based on – so the the last the last time I got COVID was when I taped my special, and they, they were testing every day, and I could feel myself getting sick, mm-hmm. but I wasn't partying. I, wasn't, I didn't party – after sober October, I didn't party up until my special. I gave myself my birthday weekend. Right, but I didn't party up until I shot my special. So I wanted to. I know I look fat in the special, but I I look better than I look today. So I look good and I look jacked. I look fucking. A lot of people say I look jacked. And so uh, they were testing up until the day of the special. And I remember saying to my assistant Pete, I was like, he thought he was getting sick. I go, hey man, if you got COVID, don't tell anyone. Fucking just fucking don't test. Fucking stay away. Don't give a. I don't give a fuck. I don't. I want to make sure we get this special in the can. Right. Especially now. Yeah, I mean, so now fucking, COVID is like a, a cold. It's like a fod get. Anyway, so we shoot the special, get it in a can. The next day I get a private jet for everyone on my team to go home. And I partied. And I partied the night I shot my special after I shot it. I partied. And I partied the next day on the private jet. And I came home and tested positive. 
the second that I woke up the next morning and I tested positive and I knew I had COVID. I could feel it. It happens right here on the left side of my head. Every time it's like a headache on the left side of my head, I feel it. I feel run down and I got up to work out and I was like, you're being a bitch, work out. Mm. And uh, and then we got a text from my manager or my agent or someone who's like, hey, I tested positive this morning. So everyone started testing. Not everyone tested positive. Victoria didn't test positive. Pete did. Pete didn't test positive, but Pete's a gangster. He came up to me with a mask, did my test, and was like, here, you got COVID. Fuck him. You, you, you can know the difference between being a bitch and whether or not you're not feeling good is if, if you always hold yourself accountable. Well, I think you probably can. I, 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 I can party pretty hard and then wake up and not want it. Not right, want but you it know the, the difference. You know what a hangover feels like. Not really. You the don't? first time I got COVID, I thought it was a hangover. Oh, interesting. First time I got COVID, I was like, I'm just really hungover. I'm well, you go. probably were. And I you was, had COVID. Well, I was hungover. I, the, night, the, first night, the first time I ever got COVID, I had partied hard as fuck with my wife in, uh, uh, not Salt Lake City. What's this? Uh, Park Aspen, City. Park, Park City. City. We went skiing in Park City. Georgia mm-hmm. got it. And Leanne. That was a super spreader location, Park City. In the early days of COVID, that was like yeah. one of the places where a bunch of people got COVID. I, got I think there. they traced it to like some clubs. They had some uh, shows that they did. You know, what is that thing that they do down there? Sundance. Yeah. Sundance, yeah. Yeah, wherever all the fucking... Let's get lighter. Yeah. Um, the, um, the first time I got COVID, I, cats. I just thought it was a hangover, and I went skiing, I went snowboarding. Me and my daughter went snowboarding. Georgia and, and Leanne had COVID, so we sent the tour bus to come get them in Park City and drive them home. And Isla and I stayed. We're like, we're going to fucking hang out. We're going to go snowboarding. And so... Uh, I woke up and I was like, God damn it, I'm hungover. Went snowboarding, uh, t- tested negative, uh, flew home. The second I got home, before I f- on the flight, I t- before the flight I tested, still negative. The second I got home, I was I was a positive, and I was like, God damn it. And then the next time I got COVID, I thought it was a hangover again. Tested positive. I mean, I think I think if I had your body and I, your mechanism, where you like you don't you don't really ever. You're really good at measuring your intake. Like last night, you didn't drink it. You had a glass of wine at dinner, and that was it, right? Yeah. And but I, I'm I, I I I have to wake up with an accountability of going. You wanted to party, you got to work out. So every time I've had COVID, I've fucking worked out and been like pushed it in the gym while you had COVID. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes that's not wise. I'm sure like it's this not. idea that you're supposed to sweat it out. That's horseshit. Tell that to Cam Haynes. Cam Haynes is the one. <laughs> he, he got sick. Like, I he, had to send a doctor to him. He ran. I sent the nurses to him when he got COVID. He ran fucking ten miles every day and polar plunged. Yeah, while oh, he had COVID. That's a that's yeah. a motherfucker right it's not, there. Yeah, don't do that. Can I tell you why I like Cam Haynes? Okay. His book that he wrote. Did you listen to it? Am I, of course am I, I did. Am I being drunk? I'm right in now? it. His book. I wrote. The, I did the forward to it. His book is a self. It's 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 a it's a self help book. It's a, it's a motivational book, but it's based on his own life experiences. Yeah. So you can tether yourself to his life experiences and go. And I'm similar to that. That's what I liked about that book. Mm. His shit with his dad, and his, the running yeah. stuff is. I can understand that. And and it, I was so cool. I listened to one on the beach on a jog, and uh, and I, I like I like self help books like that. You know where they're like. They tell you about their life and their struggles, and they're not trying to pinpoint your weaknesses. They're letting you know about their weaknesses. Yeah. I love that shit, man. The reason why I bring up you shouldn't work out while you're sick is because even for elite athletes, when they work out when they get sick, they just get sicker. 
And that's what happened with uh, Hamzat Shemaev. Hamzat Shemaev was one of the best fighters in the UFC. He got COVID and kept training and got really fucking sick. For real. And was hospitalized, not just once, but multiple times hospitalized with COVID because he wouldn't stop training because he was a fucking animal. So he'd get a little bit better and then he'd break his body down again. Like COVID is a very strange disease. And if you let it get deep into your body, like if you break yourself down, like it's, it seems to have affected, I know quite a few people that got it really bad when they were drinking. Like they were really drunk and depleted and their immune system was crashed, which is oftentimes how people get sick. And then they got it really bad. Yeah. But the people that worked out while they had it, man, they kept it for a long fucking time. Really? And Hamza posted a photograph of his toilet where it's like blood splattered in the toilet because he was throwing up blood. And, and he was saying like he's going to have to retire from fighting because his lungs were fucked up from COVID. So Leanne had long COVID. And she got, when the first time she got COVID, I think she had COVID a couple times now. The first time she got it, she worked out the whole time she had it. Yeah, that's probably what gave her long COVID. And, and it probably broke her body down. It's like your body never has a chance to fully recover. You got to let your body get to 100%. You got to let, you, like, your body's struggling, right? And when you are exercising, what you're doing is you're taxing your body's resources so your body has to repair and improve and it, it repairs your cardiovascular system and your muscular system. You get stronger and you get healthier. But it's all about breaking down and rebuilding. Well, when you're sick, you don't rebuild. You just break down further. So you're breaking down a system that's already taxed. You already feel like shit, you're like, oh, I just need to push myself in the gym. No, you need to fucking rest. You need to fucking rest. Uh, and if you don't do that, it'll just get deep into your system. So then, so I'm curious about your, your actual motivations. So when you get up this morning, do you, you don't have a personal trainer, right? You don't have anyone that sets up a training no. program for you. No, I don't have one. So then do you go, today is shoulders? And you do shoulders? Yeah, I write things out. I have a whiteboard, and I right. write out all the different workouts. So you make up your stuff. own yeah. workout. Yeah. And, and how I have like a um, I have circuits that I do. So I have circuits that I repeat, and then I either add weight or add repetitions, or I'll add additional exercises to the circuit when I decide the circuit's too t too easy. Can you post those on Instagram from now on? I'd be curious to see those. I don't. I try not to make it too public because I think part of what I like to do is I like to do it by myself. Um, I don't want to be there's a th I mean I've done it before like I've talked about what I've done before But I think there's something that's good about just doing it in silence Doing it by yourself. It's just struggling. Don't tell the whole world that you're doing this I kind of do already that's all I do <laughs> I know but for my head. It's better to not really? for my, yeah, yeah, yeah for my head It's better to just go through it Just go through it and because everything I do is so public already anyway like it's better to not have that and which is like my medicine like that's my medicine and working out is my medicine That's my mental medicine for sure, but you understand the value in knowing your medicine as an outsider I'm, I'm, I'm not advocating that you should post these for real because if that's how it works for you it should work But I am curious is like uh, I've done we like when we did the hundred push-ups a perfect example mm -hmm. knowing knowing that that's the benchmark uh, that it's an interesting to see how you like how hard you actually are pushing it because if I wrote my own workouts They'd be fucking cakewalks. Yeah, they'd be fucking cakewalks. 
I have someone else, Lacey Mackey, does all my, she's my trainer. She travels with us. She does my workouts, and sometimes I'll see them. I go, fuck that workout. That sucks. I don't want to do that. Yeah. We did, uh, in December, we did, um, I'm going to misremember this, five squats, five burpees, and five push-ups every day. And then we added five every day until we got to the end of the month, and we were doing 150 burpees, 150 push-ups, and 150 squats. And it was undoable. I mean, it was like so fucking tough, especially if you missed a day, which we did, and you were forced to do like fucking three. At one point, I had 470 burpees left, and I'm just going like, fuck this workout. But like, it's curious. I'm curious about like guys like you. I say, I say you, David Goggins and Cam Haynes, because those are like the guys I enjoy. But like, I'm like, Cam Haynes is pretty specific. I do, uh, I do 12 miles every day at lunch, which is insane. It's fucking insane. Yeah. And then polar plunge and this. Uh, do you know Jesse, I must mispronounce his name, Jesse Seitzer, Seitzer? He, he lived with Cam Haynes. Uh, he's, Itzler, Jamie, Jesse Itzler? No, 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 no. He lived with David Goggins. My bad. Yeah. He did something so fucking, for a runner, so powerful, is that he's talking about getting back into running because he had taken some time off so he had an injury. He said, what I like to do, I'm misremembering, I'm sure, but like I do two minutes of running and then five minutes of walking. Two minutes of running and five to get back mm-hmm. into running. It yeah. was so fucking useful as an outsider looking in because I go, Oh shit! You know, ever I gained some weight on this last tour, and I'm trying to get back. And I go, that's really interesting. This morning on the treadmill, I I've did him. That's I, good. That's a yeah. good way to do it. Doing anything's good. Um, what I do, even your process, even your process of how you come up with what your workout will be, is fascinating to me because I know you kill it in the gym. I um, I treat myself like I'm my own personal trainer. That's what I do. I treat myself like I'm a different person. I don't look at me as like what I want to do. I look at me like a person I'm telling to do things. Like I, I'm, I'm the boss of me. <laughs> I don't do that. Yeah, well, it's okay. You don't have to do that. This morning, I'm I morning. have to do that. You understand? I'm a crazy person. Like I've realized I'm a crazy person, so I've figured out how to not be crazy. Like I don't want to be crazy. I want to be. I want to be nice. So what's the best way for me to be nice? I, I go crazy in the gym. You've worked out with me before. Yeah. When I work out, I go fucking hard. You try to have a heart attack. I, I go fucking hard so that for the rest of the day, I'm cool as a cucumber. I'm relaxed and friendly and nice, and I get those demons out. My litmus for health has always been 225 bench press. Do you remember when we all did that? Yes. The three of us got pinned, and you did like fucking 15. Yeah. And then I th- you were like, I think I might have ripped my pack. Let's go do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I was joking. I didn't really put my back, but but like that's I hadn't done any benching. That's the funny thing. Like I don't really? do. I don't bench. No. Oh, I bet it's my favorite thing in the world. No, I, that's all from kettlebells. So you just kettlebells? Yeah, I do push ups, and I do dips, and I do chin ups, and I do uh, pull ups with. The, I do those L pull ups where I, I grab the bars like this and I keep my legs extended in front of me and I do them like this, like that. So it's like pull-ups and an ab. It's like a back and ab exercise, yeah. arm, backs, and abs all at the same time. I've seen brothers I do, do it in the hood on, on like stop signs. Oh, it's such a good thing for you. Yeah, those L, L chin-ups. But uh, I don't do uh, any bench pressing. You still running? No, no, no. I stopped that. I fucked my knee up. Really? Yeah, I, I've, I've hurt my left knee a couple of times now. 
uh, to point, I tore uh, my MCL, and then I kept training with this uh, torn MCL, and it got it got pretty bad to the point where I would do Muay Thai, and it would swell up, and then I was like, God damn it. And so then I got a bunch of stem cells in it, and I haven't done any running, and I haven't done any Muay Thai in like almost a year, where I'm just trying to fix it. And it's 90-something percent now. It doesn't bother me at all when I do squats, or I did all the knees over toes stuff, but the problem is... You know, I'm a meathead, and when I start working out, especially uh, when I start hitting the bag, because it's so much torque on your knees, and it puts a lot of stress on your tendons. If you have a weakened tendon that you're healing, and then you kick really hard, it's like it just never heals. It never. It would like get better, and then I'd fuck it up again. They would be sore for a few days, and then it just. I just never let it get better. So I decided, okay. Obviously, there's a real issue here. Let's keep getting stem cells in it. Let's keep rehabilitating it and get it to the point where you could fucking fully trust it before you start kicking the shit out of a heavy bag. It's hard to know, though. I, did, I, I had the surgery on my elbow. Mm. And uh, there was a period. It wasn't until recently that I don't think about it at all now. But there was a long time where I had a hard time doing anything with my arm. How long? Like a year? Uh, honestly, until we did push-ups. Yeah. The push-ups. Helped it, probably. Push-ups. All that blood flow. Helped it a lot, and I haven't let go of the push-ups. I'm still doing I'm doing 100 a day, roughly. Nice. Um, That's huge. Squats, too. Squats. Mark Norman. Yeah. We we did a little. We were When we were in, that's the Super Bowl, me, Mark, and Shane. We were with all pro athletes, right? Everyone's thick with pro athletes. Fucking the, the fucking savages. And I was like, I was with, I think, Gabe Davis, Shane. Gabe Davis is a big wide receiver from Buffalo Bills. And they said, how many push-ups do you think you can do? I go 50. And they're like, bullshit. You can't do 10. Ah. And you know me in my head how my brain works. I go, all right, bitches. Jeez, 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 jeez. 45, I, I tapped out. Mm. And then Mark Norman, this little fucking cunt, he goes, I bet I can do 50. And everyone's like, there's no fucking way. Mark Norman bangs out 57 and doesn't even get tired. Wow. And then pulls me aside then and then he goes, cheat code, I do 50 every morning. <laughs> he goes, I do 50 squats, 50 push-ups. I do, I try to keep them active. It's a good thing to do, and like the way we were doing it, a hundred every day. You don't realize it till the end of like the month, but like your body changes. Yeah, like your shoulders change, your your triceps change. Like my arms got thicker. Like I felt clothes felt. I've gained an inch different. on my arm. I do measurements for weight loss. I do measurements mostly, so I go around the belly button. Right now I'm 47. My arms gained an inch after that month. Like mm. today, they're where they are today. They were 17 when I started. I measured myself. My arms are 18 inches around now. 18-inch pythons. Fucking dude. 18-inch pythons. All I want is someone to watch a special and go, he looks jacked. Well, one person's going to do that. Please. Some, like, super slob. I was going to wear those pants on my special. Why didn't you? Uh, A little distracting, Joe. (laughs) They're kind of cool. They're badass. That won't, that wouldn't be distracting. They would be really distracting. Nah. The only thing I do, the only thing I do. Are those sequins? They are uh, velvet pants. They're velvet, but the yeah. pattern is so interesting. Oh, maybe they are sequins. See all the there's like there's a clear pattern in that. Yeah. You don't even remember whether they're sequins. How long ago did you take this picture? Who knows? <laughs> There's a lot of shit I don't care about. You'd be shocked. Isn't that important though? Compartmentalizing. Yeah, I don't care about that. It's very important to not care about certain things. Just like, so, but okay. That's how I feel about the banks right now. That's how I feel uh, definitely about the banks. That's how I feel about politics. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about COVID. Yeah. That's how I feel about the Alex Jones shit. Like, I don't really care about, like, I know that he got in trouble, but I don't really care. I, I thought he was, I still think he makes me giggle every now and then. Like, I don't care about a lot of shit. 
Well, you don't have to. So Donnell said, because you're white. Ah. Donnell goes, yeah, you know why you don't care? I go, why? He goes, because you're white and you don't have to. It doesn't change your life. I went, yeah, you're right. I get bummed when you go to a city and they don't sell beer on a Sunday. And you're like, what the fuck happened to this city? We need to make change. Yeah. Make the city great again. Yeah. <laughs> sell beer on Sunday. Fucking Boston used to do that. Yeah. They used to have to go to New Hampshire. We have to used to go to the package store. That's what they used to call it. We had to make a packy run. You got to go to the fucking packy. That's what they would call the liquor stores, the package store. That's like ancient colonial talk. Like, think about that. That's pilgrim talk. Dude. You got to go to the package store. The package store. That does sound crazy. That's what we called it, the packy, when I was a kid. Yeah. Got to go to the fucking packy. We would have to drive an hour, like just a, like 30 minutes outside in Tallahassee. You could get beer after two in the morning. Only 30 minutes? Yeah. And we had to go to County. New Hampshire. Fuck. I didn't drive to New is. Hampshire. I couldn't even tell you where New Hampshire was on a map. It's right above Massachusetts. So we would drive. And you have to drive on this bullshit road where it's like two lanes. So yeah. like if somebody breaks down, you're fucked. Like these lanes suck. Like and people <laughs> drive slow. They're all terrified of cops. <laughs> <laughs> so you're driving up to New Hampshire to go buy booze. I can't believe Thanks I never got ever. a DUI. You're lucky. I never. Well, I know I don't drink and drive. I just. I, there you I'm go. Not, that's I why. Drive. That's how you don't get a DUI. I don't exactly, drive specifically. <laughs> oh, I'm not a big driver. I got pulled over once when I wasn't drunk. I dropped my phone in between my legs. I was uh, in my car and uh, I was driving, and um, I don't remember if someone called me or something, but I was on the phone. And I dropped the phone between my legs and I was like, fuck. And it like went under the seat. So I had to like do this thing where you're in there and I moved over and it was like late at night. So there was no one on the road. But I moved over and went blah, 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 blah and did that thing and then picked up the phone. And the next thing you know, the lights were behind me. And so uh, I got pulled over and I had to do the, all the drunk test. I told them, like, I'm not drunk. They're like, did you have a drink? And I was honest. I said, yeah, I had a drink before I went on stage like three hours ago. So I did all the thing, all the stupid shit. I was yeah. like, this is interesting. It's like they're trying to check me to see it. But I know I'm sober. I'm like, come on. Come on. You know I'm sober. <laughs> but it was interesting because, like, they make you do the all the stuff. And I did it all perfectly. You know, like the balance stuff and everything. I was like, okay, can I go? And they're like, all right. And they let me go. <laughs> we did uh, I, 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 when we went to Canada for the first time, you're not allowed to bring drugs into Canada, obviously. Did you bring drugs into Canada? I brought a little bit of drugs into Canada. What'd you bring? Just weed, a one-hitter. I brought a glass one-hitter. Where was it? Uh, it was. I had it with me because it was the first time on a tour bus. Did they have a dog? No. We. So I said, what I'm going to do, I'll, Leanne was with me, so it was Jesus Trejo, and I said, I'm going to, it's my first time on a tour bus. I'm going to have a cocktail. I'm going to smoke this one-hitter. I'm going to enjoy the tour bus. All of a sudden, the doors open, and they're like, we're at Borders, and I hadn't hit my one-hitter, so I fucking panicked. I run back to the bathroom. It's a brand-new tour bus. I've never been on a tour bus. I don't have, know how lights work. I don't know how anything works. I just know i got to clean out this one-hitter. you so got to clean it out by smoking weed while you're at the border? i gotta, I got to empty it and throw it in the garbage. i got to right. get rid of it. i got to flush it. Right. Drop the glass one-hitter. It shatters. Okay. I scramble. I can't figure out how to get the lights on. I get the weed. I put it in the toilet. I fucking... Literally, doors are opening, and they're like, hey, Border Patrol, we're here to search the bus. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. The one thing Leanne said was, do not bring drugs into fucking Canada. So we go into the holding thing, and we're there for like an hour and a half at two in the fucking morning. 
hour and a half we're waiting and I'm like, I'm fucking busted. And the guy comes in and he goes, uh, you guys are all good. And I was like, oh, thank God. So as we're walking to the bus, I'm still a little buzzed and I'm feeling loose. And I go, hey man, just out of curiosity, like what would have happened if we had brought drugs in, in, into the into Canada? And he goes, you mean hypothetically like say someone had a glass one hitter in their bathroom, shattered it, tried to throw it in the toilet and didn't flush it? And immediately everyone looks at me and I'm like, yeah, like that. And he go, I'd say it's an honor meeting the machine. Enjoy your tour in Canada. <laughs> I went and Leah got on the bus. She goes, you fucking cocksucker. You brought oh. drugs. I was like, yeah, I brought drugs. A little bit of drugs. A little bit of drugs should Just be like a, a that should be the, you know, where you go. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like a Britney Grinder. They should have a Britney Grinder amount that you can bring a vape pen. Come on. You're not Britney selling a vape pen. Amount. Wasn't hers just CBD too? No, I don't know. Was it actually weed? I'm certain it was. I, well, who knows if it actually even happened? They might have just planted that on her. We were going to go to Russia to uh, promote the, the movie. Yeah, promote yeah, the no. movie. Mm -mm. Uh, why not? Are you kidding me? Okay. Okay. You sound like Sony right now. So what if, what if I get arrested? They're not going to send someone for you. <laughs> but Look at me. With, You're not a... The, how good would the movie do? You're not a six and a half foot tall lesbian <laughs> that is the star of the WNBA. You, no, okay, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. Hang on, no, let's no, work no, this no, out. No. Would you? I bet. Putin's but there's a marine that's in jail over there, and they didn't. They didn't. They had the option to release him or release Brittany Griner, and they they released Brittany Griner. For real? Yeah. Well, wait, what did the marine do? Weed? Um. Uh. No. Um. Some sort of classified information he had. You know. Um. Would you try to get me out? I forget what the actual. Of course, I would. I don't know. I forget what the actual charge was. Um, so you can find that. But uh, he was doing something like trying to sneak out classified information from Russia. That's what he's like. A little different than a vape pen. Yeah, it is. But they're both in jail. Yeah. Like, and they offered this arms dealer, this arms dealer that we traded for Brittany Griner. Yeah. They offered the arms dealer for the Marine guy. Oh, for real? Yeah, and they said no. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's this goofy administration that we're dealing with right here. Look, both of them should be saved. Talks continue on exchange of U.S. ex-Marine held in Russia. So this is December 8th, 2023. 2022, rather, sorry. Duh. Duh. Um, so this was a while ago. You know Putin's got to listen to your podcast, right? I hope so. Hey, what's up, bro? He'd be, I, I guarantee you, all you have to do He's got solid is... judo. Does he? Yep. Yeah, I praise him on his judo. He's got legit judo. He's a judo black belt. If he wanted to fly you over, would you? Nay. <laughs> Wait, what's wrong with your brain? I would love that. Why would you do that? I would love it. Because if anything, do you know the story about uh, Robert Kraft in the football, in the Super Bowl ring? Where he took his ring and put yeah. it on and then kept it? Yeah. So he could kill someone with this ring. I'd lose this watch and in a heartbeat. he walks away. Yeah, you would lose that watch in a heartbeat, but no one cares about a watch. He can get a watch, but he can't get a Super Bowl ring. So he just took the Super Bowl ring. Dude, that's a different kind of human. He's oh. probably one of, if not the richest man in the world. And, you know, the fact that he just did that to that dude and just walked off with that ring. But what about the prospect of you hanging out with Putin and turn him into a cooler dude? of your fucking mind? Yeah, hey, forget about all those people that you killed that were your political opponents. Let's be cool now. <laughs> Just be a different person now. Be a totally different human with a totally different background that wasn't in the KGB, that isn't a dictator, 
that doesn't control information and control what news gets distributed to your people, that doesn't have a lockdown on the internet and is in complete control of all the oligarchs in your country to the point where they're so embedded with you that when you go to war with Ukraine, they steal the oligarchs' yachts because they, they confiscate them because they shouldn't have the money that they have because the only way they could have the money they have is if they're in cahoots with you and you're obviously evil. You're yeah. never going to get an invite talking this way. <laughs> yeah, it's not my gig. You don't gotta, care about any of that shit, though. I still want to meet Kim Jong Un. Whoa. Yeah, I want to. I want to. That's. I would be. I, I. Shit like that interests me. What interests me is Trump meeting him. That was interesting. Met Kim Jong Un after he called him a little rocket man. He goes to meet him. Shucks, shakes his hand. They're all smiling. Yeah, it's um. That's a awful game. You're 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 um you're. You're, you're meeting dictators. <sighs> I mean, if you're the president of the United States, like Trump, and you're trying to make you know foreign relationships better, you're supposed to do that. It's good. Oh, wow. Look at that look Those in his two face. Haircuts. It's also the, 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 the fucking mocking glare that Trump gives everyone. Because that. it's like, you, with Trump, when Trump's talking to someone, it's always like, be nice or I'm going to talk shit. It's like, it, it, no matter what, it's like, I may... Talk shit. Like, well, let's get through this. Let's make have an agreement. Hey, nice to meet you too. Don't say nothing or I'll talk shit. Like, even the way this this smug like look on his face while he's shaking hands with the guy. All right. All right. What so a fucking character. This is a adjacent conversation. Look at that. That's the border. Oh, that's where they met? That's right the at line. The, the parallel? That's the fucking line. Imagine the guy that installed those grates. That's two different companies. Obviously, not one company installed both those grates. I know, right? It has crazy? to be. But what about the building? How the fuck it, is there one building that crosses both lines? Yeah, who built that building? Who built that fucking building? Did they meet in the middle? The yeah. whole the, the North Korea thing is wild. When I had Yeonmi Park on, and she explained how she got out of North Korea when she was 13, how she escaped and went to China, and like, wow. Uh, that was it's one of those stories you're like, holy shit. She's talking about how people are starving in North Korea. Those are the kind of people that don't want to hear nothing about all this Marxism and woke communist, communist bullshit. They don't want to hear nothing about that because they know this is where this goes. What they said to all those people there, they said, we can all have food if everyone just gives up their land. All these people that own land, they're the problem. We give up the land, then we'll all have the land. And the moment they did that, the moment people agreed to that, everybody's starving. Then the government controls the food distribution, and if you try to take more than your share, you get killed. It's horrific shit what they did. Horrific shit. But it all was under the guise of making a more equitable society, making a more fair and just world. Like, why should these rich people have these farms? Why should these rich? We should give it to the state. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the state is in control, and everybody's starving. People are eating bugs, just trying to stay alive. Yeah, I didn't watch that episode. It's rough. But that's the problem with like shaking hands with a dictator. Like, but what are you what's, doing? What's the difference? I mean, arguably, I, I, I'm obviously I know I'm going to get lit up for saying this. What's the difference between shaking hands with our president? It's our, a big difference. But our the, president, the way, the our the way this country is run, it's not perfect. But the not. way this country is run is f so fucking superior to any system 
that is anywhere else in the world because of the checks and balances that were put in place by the founding fathers. They knew that tyranny is a natural course of progression for human nature. It's just what people do when they get in control. They become dictators, and they put all these checks and balances in the House and the Senate, and the, and they did it all with the Electoral College to, to make sure that this term limits, make sure that you can't do that. Yeah. Make sure you can't do what Putin's doing. Make sure you can't do what Kim Jong-un's doing. Because when you get into a position like that, just look at what they try to do. Look at what people try to do to stop criticism on Twitter. They, yeah, they, they fucking send the FBI to Twitter to try to re remove people from Twitter because they're saying things that interferes with the way they govern. Yeah. Like All that shit is natural. And the founding fathers of this country were the only people that put together a system to mitigate that. And over time, these fucking cunts and these corrupt shitheads have done an amazing job of trying to chip away at that or convince people that it should be chipped away at and convince people that freedom's not important. What's important is equity and inclusiveness and diversity. And no, 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 no. That is a fucking, that's a sheep costume that the wolf wears. And the wolf is control. The wolf is control over people and forcing people to bend to your ideological will, whether it's the will of the people on the right or the will of the people on the left. That's what it comes in. It comes in the form of like equity and inclusiveness. But you're saying, you're saying, fair. I think you're saying the same thing almost, right? Because it's kind of, it's almost like uh, McCarthyism, like where they start saying this is how it works. You can't question transgender. Yeah, tra whatever it is, anything. Yeah. And Climate it's, change. It's happening there too, yeah. almost, right? It's happening on both places. Well, it's a natural thing that people do. They don't want people questioning things because they don't. Just like, you don't want someone to ask you, who's Freddie Gibbs? Like, I don't, nobody, forget it. That's what it's like. It's like they don't want to deal with all the different things that you have to deal with when you're debating something and you want to be proven correct. So what's the best way to do it? Just silence that person. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Take them off Twitter. Ban him. Lock him up. Put him in jail. Give him house arrest. You know, uh, sue him. Find a way to stop it. And that's what people do. It's a natural thing that people do. Yeah. It's, I mean, it sounds like it. It sounds to me like it happens everywhere. It sort of happens everywhere, but here is the best version of it. This is the best version of it. This is the most doing, free we're, version we're of it. We're kind of doing world. it to ourselves a little bit. But we aren't also because you and I are on a fucking podcast right now that millions of people are listening to, and we're not being censored at all. So no. this exists here uniquely. You have to understand that. This ability to broadcast to millions of people without any censorship, without any no oversight, there's no one leaning over our shoulder, that's unprecedented. It's going to sound super naive. There are no Russian podcasts? Of course there are, but I'm sure they're censored. Like, if you're a Russian and you talk shit about the government, you're fucked. You know what they did with Pussy Riot? You know, they put Pussy Riot in fucking jail. For, for talking badly about the government. I know I know Pussy Riot got in jail, but I didn't I didn't know that I Yeah, I if, we, if you are a political dissenter in Russia, like an aggressive political dissenter, your life is in danger. For like, real. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. You if you become a problem over there, your life's in danger. Yeah. Well I knew I I mean all I know is Russia is nearly isolated online. What does that mean for the internet's future? Concerns about the emergence of splinter debt. A balkanization of the web have been gaining momentum. The war in Ukraine threatens to make them a reality. So that's what you have to recognize. Like Russia does not have access 
to like unless they're using um, some sort of a portal to get out, they're using a VPN or something where they're allowed. And even that's dangerous because they catch you using a VPN, you're fucked. But they have no access to like all the stuff that we read. They have no access to Wall Street Journal articles. They have no access to like all the things that we. They have access to Russian state-sponsored internet. Uh, this is I must be the most naive person in the world. Is is our government controlling our internet? No. So, and but, but they want to, they would like to, but you know, 4chan, 4chan doesn't exist if the government's controlling it. You know, Reddit, so Reddit doesn't guys, exist if the those government's guys don't controlling have Reddit. In no, Russia. what our government is doing though, for sure, whether they admit it or not, they have a bunch of people that are hired to post and say things that go along with their narrative and aggressively argue and try to shame and attack people that go against the narrative, whatever that narrative is, whether it's climate change or COVID lockdowns or the war in Ukraine or whatever the narrative is that the government's pushing, for sure, just like they have over in Russia, they have those troll farms where they uh, they make fake Facebook pages and yeah. attack people. For sure, our government does that. There's not a chance in hell they don't. Not a chance in hell they would not utilize that resource for propaganda. We created it, right? I mean, that's how we the would- The internet? No, we created- Overthrowing governments and, and creating yeah. dialogues. Well, I mean, people have been doing that since the beginning of time. Right, right, but right, for right. sure, we have been involved in regime change wars forever. Forever. I mean, that is uh, literally Smedley Butler's 1933 uh, story that he wrote, article he wrote, War is a Racket. Have you ever read that? No. War is a Racket, this guy, this, this guy Smedley Butler, who's a general, who's this like decorated war hero who realized at the end of his career that the whole thing that he thought he was doing was bullshit and that war was just pull, pull it up because it's worth revisiting every year and a half or two years smedley racket smedley butler smedley it's called <laughs> smedley racket war is a racket 1935 short book yeah but it's it's basically he's basically saying that he realized along the way that what he was doing, where he thought he was like making the world safe and you know stopping tyrants and you know being just, that he was really making things safe for bankers and 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 for people that were trying to acquire natural resources. Play, put that back up, please. Just right where you were. War is a racket. It always has been. It is possibly the oldest, easily the most profitable, surely the most vicious. It is the only one international in scope. It is the only one in which the profits are reckoned in dollars and the losses in lives. A racket is best described, I believe, as something that is not what it seems to, ma to the majority of people, to the majority of the people. Only a small inside group knows what it is about. It is conducted for the benefit of the very few at the expense of the very many. Out of war, a few people make huge fortunes. Butler confesses that during his decades of service in the United States Marine Corps, he goes, I helped, <coughs> I helped make Mexico, especially Tampico, is that how you say that? Tampico, safe for American oil interests in 1914. I helped make Haiti and Cuba a decent place for the National City Bank boys to collect revenues in. I helped in the raping of a half a dozen Central American republics for the benefit of Wall Street. The record of racketeering is long. 
I helped purify Nicaragua for the international banking house of the Brown Brothers in 1909 to 1912. Where have I heard that name before? I brought to light the Dominican Republic for American sugar interests in 1916. In China, I helped see it to that standard oil. I helped see to it that standard oil went its way unmolested. Like so, these are all things at the very beginning of the 20th century that he's discussing that most of us aren't even aware of anymore. Yeah, that our government did in order to secure money and to secure national resources, natural resources to make things safe for bankers. And it's like, they, but we've been doing it this way forever. It's, I mean, I, that's, it's the rub. It's the rub. It's like, it's the fucking whole thing with the vaccine. It's the rub. You're, I mean, I, it, it's money. Yeah. They, they're willing to do things for money that cost lives. And the people that are making the money don't experience the loss. They're not losing their lives. And they've been doing it that way for fucking ever. Forever. And every now and again, we forget. And we get naive. And we're like, they wouldn't fuck us again. And then they fuck you again. Uh, the um, fact that people like believed in the pharmaceutical companies is wild. Wild. They're the people with the biggest criminal fines in history. Criminal fines, where people die. Like, if you get a criminal fine, like... Say if uh, you make uh, pants and the pants, they fucking fall apart and they go, oh, you knew these pants are going to fall apart. We're going to hit you with a criminal fine. It's okay. It's no big deal. It's just pants. Their criminal fines are for drugs that kill you. Things where they knew you were going to, like Vioxx, where they knew people were going to have strokes. And they still... I don't know what Vioxx is. It's, it was an anti-inflammatory medication that killed 50,000 plus people. They, yeah. they were fined, I believe they were fined $5 billion off of $12 billion that they made off of the drug. So Holy they made shit. money. They make money. So they get a big fat fine. They was like, well, we fined them. Yeah, but how much did they make? They made more money than you find them. This is wild. So you allow them to profit off of people dying. And it's a just fucking shell game. And they move money around. They, they pay off politicians. And you see people... Talk shit in Congress, and you know they're bought and paid for, and it's like the whole thing is wild. It's Medley Butler all over again. It just—it's been like that from the beginning of time. Oh, it says it's because of Fukushima, but I was looking up the largest fines, and it's uh, ninety-five billion dollars in damage. Oh wow! In Tokyo, yeah, that's a is big that the one. earthquake. Or that's the a big tsunami? one. Oh yeah, that was Came a tsunami. Yeah, largest one. Wow. Three bill. So Pfizer's a big one, $2.3 in criminal and civil fines, the largest in recent pharmaceutical history. Oh, yeah. That BP one was pretty big, too. $2.3 billion. I'm gonna, See, I'm with gonna the make BPs, this... these are disasters, yeah, yeah. right? These are yeah. like accidental things. It's not a side effect of a drug they release. But here's the here's the here's where I get hung up okay. a little bit is like, uh, I don't know. Fuck it. I don't care. Oh, he gave up. I, I gave up. <laughs> I gave up. I'm not going to Russia. Yeah, don't go to Russia, please. No. I was, I, I thought it would they be would a fun one hundred percent put you in jail. You think? Yeah. Volkswagen, Why wouldn't they? Thirty-five. Fuck billion? him. Put him in jail. Wow. Dieselgate, VW's emission scandals cost the car. I think that it, okay, oh, criminal that, yeah. and civil fines. Okay, okay. Yeah. I don't. Well, does it cost them already? That's wild. Well, it probably also 
to date, uh, wow, to date, VW has paid $34.9 billion in criminal and civil fines. So they paid it so far. Just for, and that was about lying about how much um, emissions they produced, right? Yeah, so they fucked with their emissions. Who would have thought that the Nazis would just lie? I, I They're mean, not Nazis, but I mean, you know. Oh, I, was like, that, I thought you were talking about the real Nazis. Well, the like, yeah. VW was started by the Nazis. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. I knew, it's a uh, people's fucking wagon. Facebook's paid out $5 billion in penalties for privacy violations. Whoopsies. So, so, Sorry. Okay. But, okay. Whoopsies. How much did they make? They could pay off $5 billion. What about this? I feel like I'm going to put it in very small terms. Okay. Do you remember the comic that would tell you, you got to check your numbers, they're going to fuck you on the bonuses? Oh, a lot of people tell you that. Yeah, and then sometimes you go, yeah, but... I'm not going to be the guy that sits there and looks at every fucking table. And oh, I have. I have when I knew that someone was fucking me. There's this one guy that someone told me to look out for, and then he did it to me. He tried to tell me that uh, he gave away comps. I go, what are you talking about? I go, we have a contract. He goes, well, what do you want to do about the comps? I go, give me the fucking money. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? You didn't pay comps, you fucking liar. Yeah. Give me the money. You've been doing this to everybody. Like, he, he would do it to everybody. We'd tell you, like, you didn't really sell out. And you'd be like, there's not an empty seat in this place. No, nah, it just looks like that. He looked, he looked you straight in the eye. Yeah, and then but how he many, did that many... to me one time, and then I came back a year later. This time I sold it out way in advance. And when I sold it out, like, in advance, before I got to the club, everything was sold out. He tried to tell me he gave away 150 comps a show. I was like, what are you talking about? Like what do you, like we we're like looking at each other where I knew he was lying. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, when you make an eye contact with someone and you know they're trying to fuck you over, and they know that you know, but the words keep coming out of their mouth. Yeah. And then I just go, "Give me the fucking money," <laughs> and then he just cuts the check, and I never work for him again. And I told everybody, yeah. "I'm like, fuck you, man. Like you're a thief. You're just a thief pretending to be doing business. This is thievery. You're yeah. lying." Like, we have a deal, and you're trying to make more money than you deserve because you're a cunt. Uh, I agree. My point um, I was trying to make was a little bit off to the adjacent to that, but, like, yes, for you to say that, I listen to it. But how many comics do you know that have said, uh, yeah, they fuck you on your bonuses, and I go, yeah, but you don't sell out. Yeah, that's a problem. And so that's my, pro that's my yeah. problem with everything I learned. Like, I listened to you and Russell Brand, and it was, man, it was a lot. It was a lot. Russell's amazing. He's. Uh, it was so much that I was like, I'd listen to him in chunks. And people think he's on fast forward. He, he talks so fast. People he's, think he's on fast forward. He, he doesn't even do drugs. He's so good. He's amazing. He he's, was great on Bill Maher too. Did you see him on Bill Maher? Of course. When he's going after it with that CNBC guy, hilarious. I go or I, MSNBC. I would love for him to come in t into an argument with me and my wife and take my side. Ha! And they go, uh, Russell's going to speak for me. I've been drinking. He knows how to do it with humor. He's really great. Yeah. But but I I there are so many there, the problem is with everything going on in the world right now, there are so many narratives, so many people and 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 I take it back to the comics and the club going you get fucked on bonuses. Yeah. You hear that from so many people that you know that aren't selling tickets that if I hear from you that's one thing. But I, I, most I, of the time you don't get fucked on bonuses. Most of the time you That's don't. That's why the the reason why it's so upsetting when someone tries to rip you off is because it's so cliché in Hollywood in show business, but it's so rare. So when someone, like so, this guy had done it to someone else, and then Stanhope had warned me about it, and then Dom Irera had warned me about him. The I same thing. I think I know thing. the club. I think yeah, I, know the I bet club. you yeah, know yeah, the club. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, now everybody knows you fucking cunt. Yeah. Well, it's know? the power of talking behind people's back. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also the power of, you know, we're honest with each other. 
Yeah. You know, and like you want to know, like, where's a good place to work? Oh, you know, Acme is great. And like, work at this place. The comedy works in Denver. You know, everybody talks about the good spots and how, how fun it is. But we also talk about someone who's, you know, there's people that are thieves, man. They're just, they're trying to lie and swindle. I mean, you hear about it all the time in the news. There's always someone getting f f fucked because someone lied about something and stealing money. And, you know, I had this CoffeeZilla guy on. Do you know who he is? The internet guy? He's, yeah. he, he, he's a great guy. He's got a YouTube show. And uh, he mostly busts people with scams. And he's, you know, like busts people with like crypto scams and, and you know, explains how they're doing this and how they're fucking people over. It's, it's fascinating how much of that stuff is going on. Oh, fascinating. The, the, I look at it like I never understood the whole crypto fucking Dyna, whatever the fuck the NTF stuff was. NFTs. Yeah. NFTs. And then you watch it go south. Yeah. And then part of me goes, oh, thank God I didn't try to understand that. Yeah, but now it seems like regular money's going south. Like, what did you? How many yeah, what's banks? going on? Yeah, are we poor? Are we fucked? Do I need to buy gold? How many bullets am I going to need? I don't understand still what's happening. It's the twenty twos that you need. How many? I've been hearing uh, <laughs> there's been a. It was a like uh, the regulators were are making a statement about crypto. Is what I've heard is like maybe the underlying issue. What's going on? Oh, they're blaming crypto. They're blaming. They're tanking the banks to blame crypto to keep people in a fifteen-minute radius of their house, keep you on a social credit score system. We're fucked. But because of this, crypto has gone up. It like went up fifteen percent today, almost. Right, because nobody trusts regular money anymore. Uh, fuck all, crypto. It's all gross. Everything I should have listened to Red Band back in the day. We should just buy gold. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Twenty-two bullets. Rifle. A twenty-two rifle. Those bullets are the most valuable thing. In a Why? Rifle. Because uh, twenty two is the most valuable, like a rifle, twenty two rifle is the most valuable thing you can have. What? It's good for hunting. What? Little small things. Yeah, but why do you want to hunt small things? Yeah, I don't know. You want to shoot a big thing so you only have to eat like one thing a week. This is a an example of me regurgitating a conversation I heard in New Orleans. Yeah, those people in New Orleans need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Whoever told you that doesn't really hunt. They said 22 bullets. No. See if you can find that, Jamie. There's got to be truth to this. I know I heard this. Well, you could shoot squirrels No, but and 22 rifle bullets 20. are the hardest thing to get in an apocalypse. Okay. Maybe because they don't make that many of them. But you don't want a 22. Like, you want a, like a, you want a more versatile round, you know? And the, you want rifle. something that can kill everything. Yeah. You want something that can kill a moose and a deer and a fucking groundhog? Like, whatever the fuck you want to shoot. But you can't kill a groundhog with the same thing you kill a moose with. You'll you certainly it. can. No. For real? You certainly can. Yeah, you headshot them. And their heads explode. Boom. <laughs> yeah, there's a video of uh, Brock Lesnar shooting, uh, I think it's groundhogs. Prairie dogs. He's yeah. shooting because prairie dogs dig holes. Yeah, but he's not trying to eat prairie dogs, And cows step in them, and they snap their legs, and horses step in them and break their legs. And so, like, when they have them on ranches, they kill them. And they're shooting them with a fifty caliber. Hmm. Which is, like, is that's a round. It's like a, as big uh, you as You can get a concussion cup. from a fifty caliber. Yeah, they're ridiculous. I've shot fifty caliber rifles and then had panic attacks in my bed later. <laughs> they fucking the concuss you. Yeah, the boom is so scary. Boom. And it shakes your whole body. Yeah. Your fillings are loose. And yeah. you're just like, I'm not. And then you you reek of gunpowder. Yeah, it's not good. You don't need that. You don't want to hunt squirrels with a 50 caliber. No. But like a 300 Win Mag is like a good versatile round. You could shoot deer with it. You could shoot a moose with it. 
You want a lot of those. You want versatile bullets. Like if the shit goes down, you don't want just 22s. Because if you shoot a deer with a 22, you're probably going to wound it. It's probably going to run away, and you're probably never going to find it. It Did might you, run miles and miles before you get to it, before it dies. Really? You might not ever find it, and it might not bleed a lot. So you And blood trailing is very difficult. Like You have to know what to look for. You have to know how to do it. It's not easy to trail an animal. I'll never you, blood trail anything. Uh, I'll never blood trail anything. I'd, I'd be shocked if I ever killed anything other than fish. Fish are easy. They don't even take care of their kids. <laughs> they just come. They come on eggs, and the kids just run away and get eaten. <laughs> Nobody cares about fish. You can hold up a dead fish, no one cares. Try hold up a dead deer. People will fucking freak out at you. Yeah. You know, hold up the paw of a dead bear you shot. People will go nuts. Is that the thing? Oh, yeah. People love bears. They're so stupid. They think the bear is like Smokey the bear. Why did you kill Boo Boo? Why did you kill Yogi? It's a fucking predator that you can eat. It's Colin Quinn used to have a joke about, he goes, uh, everyone's trying to save the polar bears, save the polar bears. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, if a polar bear walked in this room right now, you'd be throwing chairs at it. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> and it wouldn't help. They'd run no. right through you. They're terrifying. Have you ever seen that video where there's a journalist who gets inside of a box in, uh, in the Arctic and the polar bear is trying to get to him. It's a giant plexiglass box that they built just for this, no. just to show how predatory polar bears are. Polar bears are the most predatory of all bears because they're the only bear that doesn't eat any grass, doesn't eat any vegetables, no Does that fruit. thing drive? No, no, it's just a big steel box with cameras on it and oh. where the bear can smell this guy. So the bear walks up to this dude and realizes that there's some sort of a life form in there. Before it approaches, like it would when stalking a seal. My scent is strongest at the weakest point, the door. Oh shit. Yeah, that bear, if it got to that guy, would just tear him apart. No if ands or buts would definitely 100% eat him. That's the difference between a polar bear and a grizzly bear, or a polar bear and a brown bear, or a polar bear and a black bear. When, when grizzlies see you, they might not want to have anything to do with you. A polar bear sees you, it's like, oh, I'll eat you. You're, oh a, you're a living thing. Yeah, look at its mouth. What's well, trying to bite. Look at that. That's... Fuck all that. Fuck all that. Because they're, they live in the harshest climate. They have to be the most aggressive. I've swam with great white sharks a bunch, and uh, a bunch, a bunch, yeah. And uh, I've done so much shit that I don't remember. Like I remember hearing a podcast you did with the guy, and he was like, and "It was like he did it so well." He's like, "I lived, I stayed in the biggest cave in the world," and I was like, "Ooh, what's this?" And then I realized, "Oh, I've been there too." Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Well, when you did that travel channel, shit, yeah, were... I did so much shit that I don't remember. Yeah. But like, I swam. I've, I've swam out of the cage of great white sharks. I swam in the cage of great white sharks. And man, I'll tell you, there's a moment where you go, how how do they know this has been tested? Right. Like, they don't. You're in a cage. And did you and, see that one that broke recently? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh. Someone oh. someone builds it, and then you sit out there and you go, let's hope it works. Yeah, like this fucking asshole, this guy in this. <laughs> This silly bitch. I would have been Fuck. like, "How do you know? Like, how do you know that that's going to stop the polar bear from eating me?" And do you guys have a, a method that you're going to use to chase the polar bear away? And you can't tell a bear take it at half speed. You go, "Hey, we got it. Cut. Right. Let's yeah. go. Everyone wrap. Let's right. go to 
and when you want to leave, the bear decides, like, no, I'd rather just stay here and figure out a way to eat you. So how you shoo the bear off? Are you going to shoot it? You can't shoot it. It's protected. So what are you going to do? You can shoot it. I'll tell you. I'll take the fine. Would you? It's Fuck, fine. yes. Oh, yeah. Dude, we did fine. We did a uh, race car, a uh, NASCAR track in uh, in Thunder Valley where they took us on a, on a track at, like, maybe, like, 110 miles an hour. Possibly, maybe ninety. Who fucking knows? Did you drive the car? No, they drove it for us. Oh, I want to drive one of those NASCARs. For real? Yes. You can. You know make how that much happen. that would feel? How fucking much power those things must have? It's so raw. But the key is with the people that can drive it to get you an inch from the wall. Oh, Jesus. when you're an inch from a wall, Why do and you want you're... that? They, sometimes they hit the wall. Oh, how about bro. a foot from the wall? They go so close to the wall, and you hear the tires. And all I thought when the tires hit was, they pop sometimes. Yeah, they break. And, and if it pops, it just you flip. That's it. Fire, brimstone, Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. <laughs> Tom Cruise, use your witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> what a great movie! But what a great fucking movie. You know what else is a great movie? What the machine. The machine coming soon. When Memorial is it coming? Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend. I got so much shit to promote. The machine fully loaded. I got a cruise that's already sold out. I got Razzle Dazzle, the streaming, right now on Netflix. Is it BurtBurtBurt.com for Bert, everything? BurtBurtBurt.com for everything. For That'll everything. get you everything you need from me. That's it. All right, let's wrap it up. I love you, brother. I love you, too. It's great seeing you. I think I'm going to go to your tonight. comedy club. Yeah, tonight. We're going to uh, Kill gonna Tony. Go to Kill Tony and then uh, flying home. We're flying to New York. Continue press. All right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>